Job a dope intro. That's <laughs> awesome, it, man. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is uh, a meeting of the minds. What do we call this? An intellectual orgy. That's and, what I call uh, it. <laughs> uh, I've got a hell of a lot of really awesome people on today, and I don't know where to start. Uh, let's start with you, Brandon. You're in the top right corner. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? You've been on the show before, but I have great, great conversation, and you're awesome and do an awesome show. Anthony, nice to meet you, man. Um, yeah, so I'm Brandon Thomas. I host a little show called Expanding Reality, and you can find it just at expandingrealitypodcast.com. Uh, I got a bunch of cool stuff going on. Uh, my latest episode was with this gentleman that I last minute invited all the way over there in the UK, put on coffee to stay up and hang out with this Ben Rosenberg right there, the soul whisperer. And one of the things we touched on on that was this ancient AI and that clones have been around super long. I don't want to spoil it, but it was badass. And maybe we can even touch on a little bit of that here this evening. But that's it, guys. I run a super dope show. We have amazing conversations, and I'm just kind of calling it the uh, expansion of consciousness cleverly disguised as a podcast. So check it out for sure. And thanks for having me. This is going to be awesome. Hell yeah, man. Andy, you want to jump in next? Yeah, sure, man. Again, thanks for having me back. This is awesome. Um, I love this topic. Uh, I'm Andy Rouse from the Deep Share Podcast, for those who don't know. And uh, yeah, my show is centered around a lot of consciousness research uh mixed with ancient history and symbolism and stuff like that psychedelic stuff so yeah very similar to uh a lot of the people in this community we're all kind of looking for that uh that hidden truth underneath it also yeah and you can find me at all the typical places hell yeah paranoid american that's me. I'm uh on paranoidamerican.com. I don't have a podcast. <laughs> I just go on other people's uh, but I, I publish comic books and I write comic books and I've been doing that for about 10 years. So you can check some of them out on paranoidamerican.com. You can find some on Amazon. You can find a lot of updates of all the latest stuff I'm working on on Instagram at Paranoid American. Uh, and yeah, keep your eye out. We'll have a whole bunch of weird, weird stuff about conspiracy theories and animation and games and everything. So hell yeah. Amazing man. comics, amazing stuff. Spadoosh. And hell yeah, we've got a. Uh, uh, I have an episode with you coming out. I think I'm going to be putting it out. I think next week, sometime like that. I'm excited about that. And then you and I discussed. I think we're going to start doing a series on chick tracks, man. I'm 100 percent uh, down, Merle. <laughs> I'm hell so yeah, down. dude. That's going to be fucking fun. And uh, Ben, it's the first time on the show. Welcome, man. We love to hey, have you, Nate. Thanks so much for having me on. Popping my cherry with you guys. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm still I'm still quite intrigued about Paranoid and his comic books. It got this sort of dark horse feeling about it all, you know? Um, but anyway, sorry, I, I'm Ben. Yeah, I call myself the Soul Whisperer because I try and bypass people's minds to get tap into their souls and help them remember who they are. My main platform is TikTok. I'm probably about my sixth account in. Um, yeah, and I basically... Uh, cut through all the bullshit and just destroy this illusion no no niceties about it i'm not here to mother to people's feelings and emotions but fucking hell we want freedom so that's what i'm here to do 
I love it, man. Yeah, so I'm excited. Brandon was saying you know stuff about like ancient AI and then Paranoid American, he works with AI all the time. And so he can tell us, he can give us technical knowledge of like current shit. So this is going to be fucking fascinating. And then Andy and fucking Brandon have just crazy fucking fascinating minds. So I love their opinions. So this is just <laughs> going to be, this is going to be a fun one, man. So I'm really excited. Hell yeah. And highly recommend uh, y'all get Ben on just for a one-on-one with him, guys. Andy, same yeah. thing. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing to. talk to. I've got to say, Brandon Brandon got me on and he was great. Uh, he, brilliant host. Thank, Brandon, thanks again for getting me in, man. Appreciate it. Of course. I've had it one of my top 20 favorite episodes ever, dude. And that's a, I've got a lot. So that's Wait that's a minute. You said he was like the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went back and listened to it and I was like, ah, oh. and it was my bad. It was actually my, my <laughs> issue that I was having, not with you at all. You're wonderful. I'm the one that screwed it up, but it's a badass <laughs> chat. And you're, it's not you, it's awesome. me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gents. We're talking about AI and we're talking about Lambda and, Man, that is some crazy shit. The first time I heard this and read some of that stuff, it like I don't know, man. I, I have I'm scared of AI. I'm a fucking I love Ted Kaczynski. So tell me <laughs> tell me where we're at, man. Uh, have you guys have, did you guys listen to that episode uh, with Duncan Trussell? And uh, what's his name? I can't. I didn't listen to his Duncan's not. interview, but I no, listened to Andreas Exertus's interview with him. That was. Uh, that was very interesting. I didn't fucking know he interviewed him. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I somehow missed that. That's fucking yeah. dope, man. Which is, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a very intriguing topic and it's deep. It's a deep rabbit hole, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, from my perspective on the surface of things, my stance is that like AI will never be sentient. And I, of course we can get deep into that, but that's just where I stand on it. I don't know if, Anybody else can like change my mind on that? Maybe they can. I don't know. Okay. Hell I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw, throw the big curveball in here, man. Sorry. Um, Sweet. Okay. Right. So, uh, where do I begin? Um, so, okay. Let's talk about consciousness. Right. So, consciousness. Everybody's like saying, "Oh yeah, Christ consciousness." We're, we're experiencing this huge consciousness shift. So in order to r realize what consciousness is, we've got to kind of explore that avenue. And consciousness is electromagnetism. All right, so I don't know if any of you guys believe in, in dome, in space, NASA, all that bullshit. Being conspiracists, you guys, obviously, you see through the shit, yeah? So we're in this closed-loop system, all right? We are essentially the sentient AI bodies, all right? Our bones are made of calcium. Calcium is... A metal. Our brain waves are electrical. Our soul, and this is the core of it, which many people um, or many souls have forgotten, is that we are in these bodies and we're tired. We, we keep awakening life after life, going through the same loop, and we're like, fuck, we want freedom, we want freedom, but we get hijacked by the brain. So that's my curveball to you guys. What, what do you reckon? I love that. <laughs> I think that that fits well into everything. You know, uh, I, I don't think that, oh man, well, that's a lot to take in. Let me take that in for a little bit. <laughs> so what, what blows my mind about this is it, so just had him on the show again, guys. Uh, and something that he said that just rang this bell in me was every um, soul needs a body, but not every body needs a soul. 
And man, mm -hmm. that started connecting dots with NPCs, with uh, these heads of state, with what we refer to as like the lizard turds, you know, that kind of just run shit. You know, they're kind of just the overseers to guide this place in whatever direction and for whatever motive. And that we can go on about forever. But it seems like also uh, something also that Ben was talking about was that clone cloning and AI just like our history may have been around a lot fucking longer than we think. Right. So when you look at this as like a new technology, then it, it looks like, Oh, we're just on the precipice of this. And these are new challenges that we need to figure out moving forward. But maybe just like our history, it's not right at all. And perhaps this shit's been here forever. And really when you get templates in history, like uh, Trudeau, um, I know uh, Putin, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, you know what I'm talking about, where there's historical pictures of people going all the way back and they seem to play similar roles. Right. And, you know, I know that uh, human vibration, a lot of people talk about these templates. And so this would be one of these explanations for this. If you picture now everyone out here as just a meat vessel for an AI consciousness, you included and you're, though, inhabited with a soul, so you're actually a, a very playable character in this game. And everything else around you are just these meatbag, AI-driven, you know, entities, whatever they are, as part of this experience, perhaps. It's just mind-blowing to think of it like this. Like, cloning and AI have been around forever. Because then this brings into uh, the conversation, the hybridization program that they talk about, and the contact phenomena. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Man, the Anunnaki. I mean, all of this now mm -hmm. ties into this. When you view way back as if it was all these robots and AI and clones and shit. And you could almost look at this like the uh, the ultimate brain in a vat syndrome. So yes. instead of literally being inside a you know brain inside of a jar, you could be like the one person that actually has the soul, right? And and everyone on this call and everybody else is just like a, uh, like a part of the simulation. And it doesn't have <laughs> so to be like a matrix simulation. It could be like a meat space simulation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's solipsis. Yeah. Well, it is right, totally. Now, let me throw this curveball in again. Right, so we've been conditioned to accept nature as natural, right? So let's say, okay, so your dog, you guys got a dog, or yeah, you can feel them, right? You can feel the love from them, they're unconditional. Yeah, all right, there's a bit of cupboard love where they want a biscuit or you know, whatever, some food, but they fucking love you unconditionally. It goes without saying, right? They're not programmed in the brain. Um, although you can train them and program them in a certain way, behavior-wise, but put that aside. Now, let's look at spiders. A spider does not have a fucking soul, right? Wasps do not have a soul. They're hive, hive mentality. So we live in this jigsaw puzzle, right? But in order to build the jigsaw puzzle, you've got to have the original picture to be able to assemble it. Now, this system, what it's done, it smashed this, this picture up and scattered it into a million places. So we are kind of putting A and B, but actually it's A and Y and X, and it's all fucked up totally. Sorry, my language is terrible, guys. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so with this kind of mindset, right, we're kind of stumbling blind. Now, as we know, history has been tinkered with, it's been fucked around by those that have controlled us. So if you look at the sun and actually what's going on now, right, let's say covid has happened right the sun the moon it's all speeding up a lot faster right now time is based on the sun and the moon rotating across the plane of existence okay so it isn't it's just a measurement so look at sundials and moon dials that they used to use right so that's how time is 
is is um, gauged. So when you age, it's not the day, it's not the week, or it's not the years. It's the rotation of the sun and the moon going around the plane of existence. That's what's aging us. So we're now at the stage where time is going a lot faster. We're being distracted by everything, whether it's the fucking Georgia Guidestones, whether it's Jeffrey Epstein's fucking pedo book or whatever, or Trump or Biden, or all this bullshit going on, right? So everybody's looking external. Now we're in this time where literally time, and this is, this is what I feel inside, is that time will stop, right? And it won't be the end of the world like we're being projected, like it's going to go kaboom and bye-bye, but it's just going to essentially fizzle out. And so every time we have a cyclical period, our consciousness, as far as our brains, are linked to the sun. So as the sun's speeding up, we're becoming more aware as to our reality. We're becoming self-aware. But now we're torn because we feel as well. So the soul part of us, right, the magnetic core. Now, I'm just going to flip into something else, that this world is totally inverted, right? So what's left is actually right, and what's right should be left. So this whole world is an electromagnetic optical illusion. But originally, before time began, right, and I'm talking fucking thousands and thousands of years before time began, it was magnetic electric, right? But what's happened is this AI, sentience or whatever you want to call it, and I'm talking Westworld shit, stuff which is like out there, right? This has already kicked in and it's been running for thousands of years. Sorry. Um, yeah, I waffled on a bit, guys. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and, and you think about like Biden, you know, not blinking for like three days or whatever. And, you know, this is where these like clone, you know, whatever come in. I mean, it's it's wild. You're starting to see like the veil get thinner if you want to put a spiritual twist to it or that you're starting to see the quickening, which is what Ben's talking about. I mean, have you guys noticed that the time has changed and that the sun and moon have changed? I get people that write in, you know, that talk about, you know, the moon's flipped on its side. It's supposed to be phase locked, always looking the same. And the reason I know it's changed in orientation is because of the way it looks. I, I look at it like the Native Americans used to, which is there's a rabbit laying at the bottom of it. And so I've noticed that that rabbit is not laying at the bottom anymore. It's on its side. So now things are starting to be visibly different in our observable universe. And so with the time thing, with, of course, all the bad shit, crazy stuff that's going on. And then, um, you know, with with this cycle of time that that's obviously coming to a point here, whatever that is, the beginning or the end, which they're the same thing, right? It, it's just wild when you really kind of put all the pieces together and look at it a little bit zoomed out. So do you think that this is, so this question's for anybody. Uh, do you think that this is uh, like a natural thing that happens, like a natural cycle? Or do you think like this has something to do with CERN? Do you think this has something to do with the elites fucking with us? Like what are your guys' thoughts on this? Like the quickening in general or these like different like moon, okay. sun cycles? Can I just bring up CERN right now? <clears throat> Okay, now everything that we know is because that's what they want us to know, right? So as far as all these satanic rituals, opening up portals to different dimensions, blah, 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 they want us to know this, right? Because we're digging into these rabbit holes, right, which are just sending people crazy. Now, if you look out there, suicides and mental health are off the fucking charts, higher than they've ever been before, right? The depopulation agenda, let's say, is not necessarily all about the jab, but losing the plot. So if you look past, look past the physical value of everything and look at the actual energetic output of everything, right? Now CERN is one big fuck off 
electromagnet, right? And it gives off a huge electromagnetic wave. Now, what I feel is that because the sun and the moon is going quicker, they, they are initiating these LHCs a lot more. And you know what? There's 30,000 of these fuckers around the earth. It's not just CERN. There are, there are 30,000 of them all littered throughout universities, different countries. So everybody's fixated on CERN. But meanwhile, all these other ones are pumping around. And what they're doing is giving off this electromagnetic output. So my feeling is that what they're trying to do is prolong this illusion that we're trapped in. Because the moment mm. this illusion ends, right, they, they become non-existent because our souls then are free. So that, that's my sort of take on it. Fascinating, man. So, I, I mean, so what are your thoughts on, so, I mean, we were talking about maybe simulation theory and things like that. Like, are we in a, like, are we in a prison planet? Like a very Gnostic idea. Is this? Okay. So working on the energy basis, right, is that we give off um, electromagnetism. So if you've seen Carillion photography, guys, um, it's, it's, it's uh, basically, it shows our electromagnetic output. Right, so if you look at all of the, um, uh, I don't know, you go to a church and you see like all the spiral patterns and everything. What we don't see, right, in this different spectrum of light is taking away our energy. Now look at, look at stadiums, look how they're built, look at cities, right, we're like batteries, we're like motherboards, essentially. So what we've been doing is our souls have been coming into body generating this specific output right which is like um like a fountain like a water fountains where it goes up it goes up it comes back down and it's basically churning us around using our electromagnetic output to keep it going as well as the sun the moon keeping us keeping us kind of in place so um yeah my issue with just like the modern take on simulation theory is that we are frame framing it and many of the, you know, the most serious minds about it around the world are framing it in this very on the nose matrix movie sort of way. And meanwhile, the real questions behind what drives simulation hypothesis are the same things that drive religions and, and all kinds of Gnostic questions. And honestly, it harkens back to this alchemical process that we're also a part of that, you know, this physical apparatus that is the body within this very dense physical realm is kind of like the other side of the equation to the alchemical process. You know, it's like these opposing forces coming together to create this bizarre coincidence of physical existence, this dense place where we're able to reflect back on ourselves. And through psychedelic experience, it, it does feel much more natural than anything else, that this simulation idea, this hypothesis makes perfect sense. It's just that we're, we're once again, every bit of simulation theory that's popularized is externalizing the experience onto machinery or even just uh, artificial processes by artificial intelligence. But what is artificial? I mean, the thing is, is this place being illusory is kind of only half the half the conversation because without this there is no time there is no reflection there is no memory this is really the only real place where we can grasp at and communicate with one another in my 
humble opinion. Well, this is the the one fair, I mean, arguably, but this is the one objective playing ground. One mm. of my favorite analogies is uh, comes from this uh, kind of like a cheesy book now. It was on like Oprah's book club, and it was called The Four Agreements on Toltec Wisdom. Um, and one of my favorite things from that book is that the reality that we all live in is more like an agreed upon illusion. Like we all have kind mm -hmm. of universally agreed on all the illusions that we're going to submit to. And that kind of forms the reality that we're in. So even, even if it's completely fake, right, even if it's just like absolute Maya illusion all in you know our heads and we're just energy floating around in space, the fact that we all kind of agree on this illusion, I think at least that can set like the baseline. Like that's what we're going to call reality um, is, is this weird experience that we all somehow are able to communicate with each other. Because if you start talking about completely artificial and simulated environments, um, technically, we could you could each go into your own, right? Like you could go off into the Facebook metaverse, and someone else can go off into like the open source version, and someone's gonna go off into the dark, you know, dark web like bootleg version. But the one that we're in right now at this exact moment is the closest thing that we've got to reality. Yeah, it's like consciousness is simulating things for sure. It's the the process is present. That's part of what consciousness does is simulate things. It seems, but it, it's yeah, it's a it's a weird topic because like these concepts have existed long long before <laughs> any sort of technology. You know, these questions have existed internally. It, it just blows my mind that we're literally just like like, like I said, meat space, right? like a, a floating little um, bubble of like coagulated parts inside of like a like a water capsule and like nothing I see is real all it is is just light bouncing off of vibrations coming back into something and even the things that I'm seeing right now it's act like all of you are actually like upside down and flipped and then my brain you know like right. reconverts that so it's like even what we agree on isn't really there and, like the sounds that we're hearing it's all just 100% of things are just vibrations, which is insane to me, like vision and sight and even your olfactory senses technically depends on how, you know, the different um, biomechanics kind of are vibrating and, and generating different sensations. Absolutely insane to me. I feel like the word coincidence gets a bad rap. Uh, <laughs> I feel like coincidence is exactly what we're going through right now, but it's a miracle at the same time. And it's like somehow it fits both as like a paradox. If that made I, any sense, <laughs> I usually see a coin. Like I, I've got this rule of like how many coincidences will you accept until it's more than just coincidence. But sure. also, a coincidence can just be like a line, right? Like two points on any two-dimensional grid, it will just form this line that goes forever. And a coincidence is you standing on like um like basically parallel to that line, looking straight down it and seeing everything that intersects with it. You step away for, uh, to a different angle. You might just not see that it's intersecting with anything, so it doesn't seem like a coincidence. But that coincidence right. is there, and there's just infinite amounts of them. You just have to look at them from the right angles. It's the same as like us, you know, you know, science that we do still trust, like the scientific method and things like that, that have kind of proven. I, I wouldn't say taken the magic away from, but many would suggest have dis disproven certain things as not magic as science, right? And it's kind of like that. It's not that it's not magical. It's just that we understand it, right? And so you can take that on that bigger fractal level of reality itself. It's kind of like that. It feels like it must be some sort of perfect miracle and it is but it's also like coincidental at the same time well, i want to inject a, a quote really quick too and, and let everyone sink on it but this is uh if everyone heard of arthur c Clarke's uh three laws 
Uh, and Arthur C. Clarke was a science fiction writer, but he was also Stanley Kubrick's homeboy when he was developing 2001 and or Apollo missions, depending on your views on that. But his third law is, is basically that any sufficiently advanced uh, technology would be indistinguishable from magic. And I and you can replace magic with whatever, you know, other intelligence. Um, but really, it's it's kind of that thing of like once it once we get to that point where we can't distinguish it, like you can't distinguish it. And like you're mentioning, it comes on to this like religious experience, because, again, if you believe in like a God, you can't question the God because it's like an ant questioning you as a human. Like, how do you explain yourself? to an ant to be like no no really i am i am here and kind of over you um so so again it's like once you get beyond that point it's hard so anyways arthur c clark's third law uh fits into this perfectly i think coincidences are the seeds of magic in a lot of ways like like you have a choice at that moment on which how you want to interpret it and it can just be a coincidence or it could be something else and i think to like really kind of manifest something in your life you have to believe it and to believe it, you have to sense it in some ways. And it's like there's an opening there when the coincidence happens that allows you to do that. And without that, and the coincidence, like, they're everywhere. You just have to notice them. So if you don't notice them, that's your problem. But once you notice them and you go, like, okay, wait a minute. Like, I can see how this is real. Therefore, I can believe in it without, like, kind of detaching mentally from reality. Hundred percent, dude. Yeah, hundred fucking percent. I love that a lot. Coincidence is the seed of magic. That's fucking nifty. I like that. Yeah, it's all about how you interpret it, you know, and and how it how it makes sense to you, or you know, it's a your reticular activating system or whatever. And that's exactly what Thomas was saying, man. It's like you're only going to be geared toward what you're, you know, what you believe and what you should be seeing, and so you'll just pop that up out of a sea of options. It's like if your favorite color is purple, you're gonna the purples are going to pop out of a patch of wildflowers, you know, even though there's many more other colors there and maybe even more numbers of them. And so it's this facet of our experience that I find it fascinating because this is where, you know, consensus reality starts to come into the conversation. And like, maybe we're, we are the only damn ones here uh, or whatever, at least you are for your experience, which is really interesting. But what's also interesting about this is that even at the level of the conversation we're having it at, which is like, what's what's really going on here, right? Is it a god? Is it a matrix? Is it an organic matrix? Is it technical? Even that is rooted in duality. So even back to the Arthur C. Clarke quote, which I completely love, um, this has been the conversation lately about science versus spirituality, right? It's still a this versus that. It's either or, right? And so even at this level of the conversation, we, we have these options, but we're, you know, perhaps at, at a day going to come to realize that maybe there's their one thing, or maybe that's the only the way that we can describe it now from our perspective or whatever. And maybe they're the same damn thing because science lately with the simulation argument co coming into the conversation a few years back, this really opened people's minds as far as like a structure for this place and something that we could articulate in our reality now that we have an example of, but spirituality and religions to some degree, much less so religions. And we all know why. But spirituality, for sure, with this unity consciousness idea, kind of comes up and says, hey, you know, this there's this thing. And now science is kind of on board with it because, I mean, this matrix has to have an architect, right? And so to the Arthur C. Clarke quote, at that level, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between an organic god of a simulated organic matrix or an architect of a digital matrix, right? And so maybe that's the point in which everything, duality breaks down, you know, because that's been my question for a long time. It's like, if this is the reality we live in, and it's either or this or that, whatever, which I think is just to calibrate our discernment, we're supposed to find the gray. Um, just a hypothesis I'm running with. 
And then if that's the case, then at a level, maybe there's no duality or maybe that is like the structure of everything and it has to exist. I don't know. But that's kind of it's still interesting in my mind as we're talking about this stuff that it still comes down to duality, that there's this like transhuman and you could be a cyborg, which, you know, I could have Robocop's dick or whatever. And then, <laughs> got, you know, this um, butterflies and fairies and shit. And so it's like it's two completely opposed things, which in my mind, again, is kind of like well, know, pulling a wedge. Let me attempt to break away from the duality. I, I think that the natural explanation includes the opposite side as well yeah it's right. like and of course leave it to me to go to the fractal stuff but mandelbrot's equations and and his philosophy on how reality was set up in this fractal form it's like you have this original form that kind of degrades but it still remains this same pattern over and over again so perhaps when we have this this experience, this uh, expanded awareness, this uh, entity uh, visitation, all these different things, these different forms of maybe the larger fractal or the prior fractal kind of creating this next fractal and visiting it initially, setting up some rules and then setting it loose. And then eventually we are here now, perhaps we're creating a simulation or we can create simulations now. Mm -hmm. So we have that power now. So it's almost like a fractal through like multiple realities, perhaps in a fractal form. And maybe that's why we're always trying to get back home back to the one it's this like expansion and retraction or something like that i don't know it's a little bit random but i thought i'd, throw I'd, that I'd like the jazz on that a little bit because i because i love that uh analogy of like the, the fractal because it you're almost describing like a genetic code right that can degrade over mm. time but also sort of like retain its shape and yes. um this this is a point that i that i try to make i don't know how clearly i can make it but essentially that i don't think humans have a single original thought uh, we're, we're not capable of a single original thought. All we can ever do ever is mimic what we've seen in nature or mimic what we've seen in each other or things like this. So even like the AI that we're developing and the way that computers work essentially, which is the fundamentals of how AI works, we're just basing that on how we understand how we work. And so if you look at AI and you look at fractals, that's almost like this microcosm, right? It's like this little sandbox that we've got in front of us on the desk. Yeah. But the more that we refine that and understand how that works, knowing that it's based on us, it gives us a, a vision of the macro that like we can't really understand. But by by pursuing this AI, like in some weird way and not like in a dramatic way, but like we're trying to kind of become God, like, like design consciousness and, and birth it. And once it gets to that point, we might know a little bit more about like when that gets out of hand, maybe we'll figure out something about the macro that gives us a bigger picture. But and this also links in to something called holographic theory, which has like a million different definitions depending on it. But the way that I like to look at it and it just, this feeds directly back in this AI, because the same way that you would train an AI model, you just feed it like billions and billions of images or billions and billions of words. And like the more billions you give it, the, the sharper and the more accurate it gets. And holographic theory, one of my favorite analogies is that you go out um, on like a night right after it rained and there's like dew on all of the different leaves. You can go to any leaf to the tiniest little drop of dew. And if you look in it, you'll see the entire moon in that tiny little drop of dew. The only problem is that it's so small, you don't really have a resolution. But as you go around, you find bigger and bigger puddles of water and a pool and a lake. Now all of a sudden, like the whole time you keep seeing the entire moon, but the bigger the body of water, um, sort of like the more detail it gets. So if you imagine if you took all the drops of dew in, you know, in the entire backyard and put them into one big mass of water, 
you get a much bigger, higher detailed picture of that moon. And I kind of see that's sort of how AI works. And that's kind of how like, you know, we're, we're developing. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think the, the, to me, the AI that we're creating again, like you said, through our reality tunnel, our collective human version of what reality is. It's very similar to when you see Twitter accounts that claim to be from another planet and here with their team studying human, like all the same uh, characteristics and behaviors and, and philosophies pour out. It's very similar. Well, what's so it's weird too us. is like all the bipedal space aliens and shit running around, right? It's like the worst yeah. design ever. I had this Dr. Michael P. Masters on. He wrote Identified Flying Objects. Uh, biological anthropologist, professor uh, at Montana Tech University. And he uh, has the contention as an anthropologist that like bipedalism mm -hmm. sucks. You know, it's not an optimal model. But all these things flying around in these amazing ships and stuff that people report and these experiences that they have, mantis or not, they're always bipedal. They've got a head, two arms, you know, it's Star Trek. Or, and it's crazy. It's yeah, like we're, it's we're just unoriginal. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. this, this gets back to like, and if you think about this place as now a meat bag controlled by AI and that we're just really tapped into here. Again, one more comment on the contact phenomena. Very commonly, people will ask the grays, you know, hey, what are humans, right? What are we from your perspective? Are you studying us? Whatever. And they just go, oh, you're just vessels. So this, again, is kind of this idea that we're somewhere else and we're driving this thing or it's just a ride or something like that, which means that everybody that you come across is tapped into a bull by something or someone else. They're just given an avatar with the spaceship. And that's why the grays run around like that. Like there's just somebody on the other side that tapped into that and they're playing that character here, which serves a function, yeah. all of that good stuff. Right. It's and, so weird. Oh, yes. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. No, I was just going to wrap with saying that, like, now if you look at it that way, then the AI can learn from itself and create this reality from the toroid field that we all have, right? <clears throat> like what Ben was talking about. And then, you know, you, you go into this recreation of reality all the time. Well, you could do that through our eyes, right? So you have all these little observers. The birds don't have to be spies. It's us. So everything we look at, consume, all of that. I mean, and this is how you could explain like manifestation, synchronicities, things like that. Because basically it's like everyone's own little Truman show. And because there's so damn many of us or whatever, we all kind of want something that the other needs or is expecting or wants to experience or whatever. And so paths cross in this way. And you could think of yourself as like a mini observer for the reality that that will then take your information and create the reality again in front of you on microseconds scales right because this, if this is some sort of holodeck that's super you know crazy and it feels so damn real right like einstein said reality is an illusion albeit a persistent one so maybe if this is the mechanism then now you're talking about that every time like you blink maybe the that's your refresh button you know on your simulation so now you think about your organic process is feeding into this digital system, if you want to look at it like that, and that then reverberating and feeding back to you the reality that you experience. This could explain, again, why you like think of a blue car and you're like really sold on getting a blue Tesla. And then now all you can see is blue Teslas when before they weren't on your radar. You can play with your reality in this way. And this may be one explanation of a mechanism in which this works. But when you think about it from the AI perspective, that's where like this Mr. Smith effect comes in, you know, with all the sheep will running around that if you start talking about something, this wipe will go over their face and they transform into a representative of the matrix and that will batter you and shut you down and all that, you know? So it's really interesting. And then again, back to the NPC thing. I mean, all of it's very fascinating when you look at it through this. Well, I'd like to just add actually the matrix, we've been conditioned to look at Neo, right? 
okay, we've, we've all looked at Neo. He's the one. We want to be like Neo. You know, I remember when it first came out, it was like, fuck yeah, that, that's... But actually, if you look at, look at Smith, right? What did he want? He wanted out of the system. Yeah. We're actually Smiths, right? In this respect. We're fed up of this fucking illusion. We want out. But we've been conditioned. Now, from day one, the moment you are born, you are conditioned and programmed. Every single bit of information is out there to program our minds to divert us from our magnetic core, right, into our mind. So we've been conditioned again to think that magic is external. Everything external is the magic, but the real magic is your soul, right? It's the magnetism. It's love. Now, guys shut down, right, because we've been programmed by society you know, romance, love, Valentine's Day, and then there's a whole stigma of that and shit relationships and having our hearts broken, blah, blah, blah. So guys have a really hard time on the whole love side, right? But if you take away the stigma, take away the word, right? You can't buy it. You can't, um, you can't uh, measure it. You can't weigh it. You can only feel love, real love. And I don't mean mushy, mushy bullshit. I mean core from the heart magnetism and that's what our soul is so everything and this is the duality going back to what you mentioned about duality earlier the, the duality from my perception is our brains which are a supercomputer a quantum processing computer and our soul right neither recognizes each other a soul a, a, a computer doesn't feel right a soul does not recognize the thoughts so you're caught between this duality of soul and mind, right? And then you layer on top of that this illusion, this optical illusion that we live within. Then you put all the programming, the trauma, all the shit on top of it. We're totally lost, right? So if there is one, without a doubt, truth, it has been absolutely cast and divided into billions of pieces. So now we've got all these souls believing in all these different individual belief systems, listening to experts, listening to professors, whoever it might be, right? And we've drifted away from who we are at the core. And um, sorry, that's, that's just my part on it. I, dude, you made me think of the Egyptian book of the dead big time and how they kind of describe the creation of the universe. And it's very meta. It's very psychedelic because it's like, I am one. Now I am two. Now I've become four. And it's like, it's talking very mathematically about how this process kind of expands outward. And it's almost like, that idea of the wayward soul or the wayward son, the, uh, the, the spreading out the division in all forms that we hear it, um, throughout time this, all this very familiar story, it's almost just like a romanticizing of this process that we're all going through. Right. And like the return home is so important to us and it's that return home to the one. But as you said, that, that idea that we are the Smiths, I really do like that because we're the ones trying to get out, but it's interesting that I, I don't know. I never saw the sequels. Uh, I don't think that Mr. Smith and Neo are one, are they? I'm assuming not, but it's supposed to be like the devil and G uh, Jesus or whatever. The that duality, right? Either. Right. But they're really, you know, one thing, right? Okay. So that's yeah, perfect. That's perfect because along the way of this division, 
we, I mean, think about us. I don't know how many of you guys have dabbled in psychedelics and stuff like that, but, or at least have had gone through experiences like this, where you see it for all for what it is and you're fucking sick of it. But then a lot of times what brings people back, a lot of the reason why a lot of the psychedelic freaks from the sixties ended up in India is because there is this centering that you can go through that kind of can bring you back to understanding that we are just slowly going to return to this one in our conscious travels or something like that that can ease this pain of the disillusionment that we're going through and being aware of it is so painful sometimes do you know what the majority of abandonment issues that everybody suffers with and that is the separation from soul as kids we are so utterly happy content right you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen that uh, family guy where Stewie's just laughing at his feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That's how we were. Right? We didn't give two fucks. We used to laugh at the stupidest shit. Right. But then as our brain develops, we then have to conform to the system. Right. And from and, and I'm a big believer in the seven, 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 seven. Right? Mm-hmm. Every seven years, shit happens. We change. And at that age of seven, big things happen. And we separate from our soul in relation to we now have to adapt. We go to school, right? So we are now being indoctrinated into the system. And that's where our abandonment issues truly come from. On top of maybe parental shit, the other trauma. But it's fundamentally at the core being separated from, from soul. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I learned a lot about that through um, this whole series uh, talking about the inner child and how it's like how the egos formed initially and stuff like that. And a lot of times you face traumas that maybe were caused even by your parents, but it wasn't anything that was out of the ordinary even it was just life it's almost like it's traumas are built into the system itself even for us to overcome perhaps i don't know i mean you have to sharpen the blade against a harder metal right it's it's kind of like like that yeah Yeah, i I really believe that we're all based on trauma-based programming that's how our entire (laughs) lives are built because the, the one of the most traumatic things that can happen to any person is that moment of birth when you are taken out of this like yeah. you know warm liquid womb and you get slapped and you get the cold air um that that essentially is the very first um you know sort of stage of programming into this new reality unless you go through project monarch in that case they, they poke you with the needle like a few Damn. months before then right yeah. <laughs> right well, I don't think you can get out of cultural programming without trauma to jaw you out on some ways. Mm-hmm. So, like, a society could not evolve if we weren't all traumatized. Like Andy was saying, it doesn't have to be, like, this spectacular thing. It can be, like, really routine. But I think we all need a certain amount of trauma to just think for ourselves. And without that, we would just basically all be NPCs. We would all go along with the culture and... I don't. I mean, if the culture was good, then that would make sense. But if it isn't, we'd all just kind of go like lemons off a cliff. I also kind of comment on like this idea of like people talk about generational trauma, and you know, by all means, you can connect it to like past life regression and things like that. I, I know that, but at the same time, when you think about it. Like, obviously, it comes from shared and passed down human behavior from family to family, you know, neighborhood to neighborhood and all that. But when you look at, like, on a long enough time period, like, think about the cataclysms that possibly happened in our ancient past that we often talk about, like the younger Dryas and things like that. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Randall Carlson talks a lot about Halloween sometimes and how 
all around the world at a certain time of year. It's kind of this idea of the Day of the Dead, regardless of how it's celebrated. And he describes it and uses all the symbolism for Halloween and many other cultures to connect it to an impact that happened a long time ago. And it's interesting that if we were to have a physical situation like on, on the planet, like an absolute cataclysm, a world ending situation, even like a flood, these, I, these things would be passed down. These horrible living conditions would probably fester and manifest through generation to generation to generation. So it, I, I just use this example to suggest that there's always a very natural human explanation to a lot of phenomenon that we, we get caught up in. Not that there aren't, other higher uh, scales of reality at work, but just to remind ourselves that we do have that human baseline that we can connect all these amazing, magical, possible things to our very real past too. Absolutely, Anthony. Can I, just what what you were saying earlier. We only we've only ever known a life and existence of trauma based, like societal like conditions. Mm. Now, we. How do you look outside of the box if we're in it? Now, imagine a society or a life where we've never been traumatized. I hear what you're saying. We will be NPCs without these different characteristics. But if the dynamics and the world operated in a different way. So one of the big things I did, I used to believe that I could And I don't mean astral project. I remember jumping off a roof when I was a kid because I was that adamant that I could fly. Obviously, I didn't. <laughs> um, I jumped in a bush, luckily, at a few. But the point being, at that moment, I knew something was wrong. So, again, with with the magnetism, right? The magnetic world that this used to be once, that this electrical overlay it now exists that we call the ether and and all the spiritual practices. And hey, look, having, having gone through that myself, spirituality stuff, you know, I'm well au fait with it as well. And but it's again the optical illusion you know we see what we see in physical the dead exist in a different spectrum of light you know then there's the astral realm then there's other realms as well in this prism of light essentially you know like pink floyd's uh, album cover you know so oh, yeah dark side of the moon yeah so I, I suppose what i was trying to get to is it's impossible for us to imagine a life without trauma because that's all we've ever fucking known you know mm. but I'd like to feel that it would be something pretty fucking spectacular. Like imagine if you could fly, you know, there's no need for cars, petrol, any of this illusionary stuff that we could just be. Um, See, yeah. I'm wondering if those exist at the same time as this right now or something like that, like simultaneously on some kind of experience level. I don't know because it almost feels like, again, this whole linear time of this being the densest so we can, we can experience it and reflect on it yet because it's the densest, it also comes built in with this like yin yang duality, like a lot of bad shit happens, trauma, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I've, I love the idea of extra land here, you know, and yes, I'm going flat earth on this it's part of the conversation. Oh yeah. It was about time. It was about time. I know it's, yeah. I waited. I was like, hang on, don't, not yet. Uh, so, it, you know, it, with this though, I, I think of this as like, if you, if you look at like the flat earth map that has, you know, like the you know, North and then you have the Antarctic circle and then, but there's another ring and then another ring. I mean, maybe like this is what our physical progression through this life is. And I know Andy, when we were talking about box saga stuff, we were talking about the tree of life at the middle 
or at the North Pole, and this is where like reality comes from. And then maybe it spans out. Like when you drop a droplet of water in a pond, you know, it ripples out right in these rings whenever you zoom into it. And as it expands, it learns more, it covers more ground, it's been alive for longer, right? And so all of these things may, may pertain to our existence as well. This could still be an AI thing, which is cool. But also, maybe this is where like extraterrestrials are coming from. You know, extraterrestrial means just extra land, right? And so maybe they're just coming from another land mass that's just over there with a higher level of person. Now, what I was thinking about earlier, and I think, Anthony, it was something that you were talking about. Younger civilizations, maybe, or at some point before this area got so damn programmed, maybe there's a couple of pockets of people that figured this out. And they started raising their children in isolation of this programming and maybe do it a little bit more in conjunction with natural law, with more harmonies to where there was much less trauma or they could spare them from things. And maybe this is where we get like breakaway civilizations from, you know, you get like a little culture of people that just develop some super high technology or maybe were gifted it by some extraterrestrials. I mean, that then goes into this huge conversation. But the, the thing about this and why the whole poll thing is interesting is been again to something you were talking about is that, in, you know, we were talking about Antarctica, right? And Antarctica, all of the governments of the world can't agree on anything other than how to exploit and kill their own people, right? But something they all agree on is, is that nobody should be going to Antarctica. That's the one thing that they're like, yep, that, that we can all agree on. So this is, again, part of the and then everything else is just the theater to keep us distracted. Right. And so this is the thing, too, you know, with this like Operation Fishbowl, which, you know, did that happen or not? You know, they were shooting nukes up and they were hitting a barrier. And so to something Ben was talking about, he was like, you know, if you were hiding a computer like a super advanced AI, it need to be kept pretty cold. Right. And so now you're talking about like maybe these rings or whatever Antarctica is, is just like the housing for a supercomputer that runs this entire place. Right. And so, you know, again, Ben, you were talking about Han Solo whenever he went to go drop the shield uh, that was this like dome shield thing. The Simpsons had a dome thing like that. You know, maybe this is what the Van Allen radiation belts are. They're just sort of an energetic electromagnetic type of a barrier that maybe more advanced civilizations can pass through, but we can't. And, you know, perhaps like the Mr. Smiths of our area right here are these, I mean, big air quotes, leaders of this place. And really, they're more advanced, even though they're exploiting the shit out of us. And I know uh, you write, write me in if this is uh, too far for y'all. But maybe like the people like your Klaus Schwab's and shit have it figured out. Maybe it's our fault that things suck here because we keep perpetuating this love and light, which is expansion. But really, the answer to get out is to contract everything. And maybe that's like the real psyop of all of it, right? It's we like all need to become Mr. Feelings. Burns, right? Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now this is where like evil people come from. That would actually be a cool reality where everyone's like an evil genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the whole idea of like, you know, that Area 51's not um, where aliens are, it's actually the exit. And like this whole place is actually <sighs> a big experiment. And the way out is Area 51, which is why it's so guarded, right? And so maybe some of these military installations are exits to this place. I don't know, man. I mean, I love it. And I, uh, the energetic barrier type thing down there um, is also an interesting part of the conversation, just simply because then, I mean, you're, you're talking about a contained system. You know, this is where this is now this can is I, where it's I, supposed to be for whatever reason. Absolutely, Brad. And can I throw in, this is where the manipulation comes in. <clears throat> right. So you get a lot of people, a lot of religious folks, big Bible. Well, God. God created the firmament. It's beautiful. It's amazing, right? It's like Stockholm syndrome. So what what they've done is kind of again remove the stigma of God being this bearded dude in the clouds, right? God is an AI. So everybody's praising this this closed loop system, this dome, 
but actually it's what's keeping us trapped, right? So then you throw in the Black Knight. Let's throw this in for fun. Hell yeah. Okay, I knew that I'd get you wet. I haven't thought about the Black Knight in years, man. Go with it. Okay, now, Tesla communicated with the Black Knight. Okay, Tesla. Now, everybody's kind of got their own twist on 369 and all this and, you know... um, but actually looking past what Tesla said, again, we only know what we know because they've presented that to us. So what he said, and this probably goes in with coincidences, angel numbers and all this shit as well, is that numbers rule this illusion, this closed loop system. We talked about coincidences earlier. So our quantum processing mind has now seen a repetition that many times that it's triggering, right? And if, okay, and I don't like labels, but let's say you got ADHD, you're starting to see 11, 11, 22, 22, far more often. Right? And then these coincidences, because we're in a closed loop system, it doesn't go any wider. It doesn't go any further. So, and then again, you can argue the fact then is, you know, is the AI, is that triggering things to, to come back in and, and you know, uh, recognize that? So we recognize it as well. So it's keeping us in a loop. Now, I'm not a big believer in the universe, right? The universe can fuck off. Right. It's all about taking your power back. I don't believe in God. God is, and Satan, they're a quantum artificial intelligence. One's acting light, the other's acting dark. Right? They're both energy harvesting. That's my belief. We're in the grey, we want out. Right? So it doesn't matter if you go and kill some kids in a ritual right, and be all satanic and shit, or you go to the church and pray, so your hands are up, steeples are like this, your energy goes up back to that fountain so it's all about energy going up and down what we don't see and yeah there's just a whole mirage of stuff going on within you know the astral realm now again if you've astral projected there's certain areas you can't get to it's an augmented reality so it's controlled so again the spirituality side i was like i said really deeply in that and then i started to question it and then my soul kicked in and was like dude Wake the fuck up, man. We've been trying to break this illusion for for eons. And it's like, okay, makes sense now. Everything kind of just... So, sorry. What's interesting is that, you know, setting it up like that, the controllers are revealing it. It's not even just us like trying to reveal it to each other anymore. So what's, what is your guys take on that? Because obviously I've talked extensively about like the concept of revelation of method from that angle, uh, you know, predictive programming. These are all kind of uh, different angles, symptoms of, of what we're talking about here. I'm curious what your thoughts are. It's interesting when you think of people in mass, right? Whenever things are so obvious here, but there are still so many damn people per capita, right? That believe in the nonsense and that, that really look at it as truth. And this again, could be just an artifact of this experience. You know, this could just be part of the role that they're playing. And it's kind of like what you guys were talking about, uh, Ben, when you said, you know, God and devil and they're here and you're just trying to get out. What I pictured, you know, when you were saying that is like a car wash, you know, on either side, you've got these brushes, right? That are just giving it hell. Some are blue and some are red, whatever. So you look over here, well, that's God. And you look over here and that's the devil, maybe, you know, the little devil and angel on your shoulders and cartoons and shit. But this may be like a cleansing for your soul. You know, you go through this process of just being bombarded with love and hate and love and fear and love and fear, you know, constantly. And then it's like a cleansing for your soul. And so this is like your trajectory. You know, maybe that's the, it may be one mechanism of duality. But so where you were talking about, Andy, it, it does feel like that this place with all of the different 
experiences that one can have, like, of course, it's going to be mechanistic in nature in some degree, because you can look out in nature as well, just like we were talking about earlier, you know, these swallows, bees, you know, things like that, that move in these crazy tight patterns that it's like, you know, how, how does that happen? I mean, faster than, you know, thought communication between them. I mean, that's not going to be something their senses are going to pick up a pheromone that they know that they're turning left because it's slightly sweeter. Like it's really weird in that scale. And so it does seem to like perpetuate this grid or this pattern here. It, it feels really though, like, again, it's this experiential thing. So whatever you choose is what manifests. So then therefore, you know, the AI can respond to that. And again, this explains so many things in spirituality, explains so many things in religion and what religious texts we're talking about, even the things I couldn't explain. Andy, like what you were saying, I mean, we've had references from this long before references in our vernacular today existed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. It's been around forever. This whole concept, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. To tie this back into trauma, maybe another way of saying this is just I think that the process of individuating ourselves is traumatic. And I don't know why we're here. No one does. But it seems to be to become conscious on some level. And to do that, it seems that we would have to break away from the current consciousness that we're born into and come up with this. Like, I'm thinking about this a lot politically where there's like all these sides fighting. And I feel like it's the job of the truly conscious people, the artists, to basically come up with a new story, not to necessarily find the compromise between the story, but just try to figure out like what actually makes sense given all of these realities that everyone else is fighting over, and they're going to create the new reality. They're the true artists. And I think that that inherently is going to come with some pain I, or suffering. I don't know how you would do that without it. Well, I want to submit too that um, that with trauma doesn't only has to be this like horrible thing that happens to you. Like I look at trauma as like a checkpoint, right? Like if you go to the gym every day, um, every time you work out and you're breaking those muscle fibers, you're, you're creating trauma, right? And then the muscle fibers grow back and it's a little bit bigger. And you can almost yeah. imagine that as being like these checkpoints that you're working yourself up to um, the same exact thing through like an emotional trauma. Essentially trauma is like your emotional response to some kind of stressful situation to varying degrees from seeing, you know, 9-11 on TV to like, you know, which is like a global event that we can all share to like more individual on your own path. But again, they're all like checkpoints that force you to make a decision on how you felt about something so that the next time it happens, you kind of like harken back to that. And it's not like it's all good, right? Like everyone's played a video game where like you saved that part where like every time you load it, the guy just like kills you instantly. And you were like, man, that's a what of a waste of a checkpoint. You know what I mean? Like that can happen to people. And that's how people get into uh, really horrible headspaces where they've they had some traumatic experience and they checkpointed themselves into almost a corner. Contrast. It's like consciousness needs contrast to even recognize itself, to even reflect on something. We need that exasperated experience that per perturbation that's like i like that word that terence mckenna always used to use when he talked about psychedelics he always used perturbation and perturbing the mind because as soon as you perturb it out of what you're used to and see something from a different angle it comes to life comes to to life again mm. fuck yeah 
And, you know, what about what if like uh, psychedelics are the real world and this is this is a psychedelic state? Like breathing oxygen for us is actually what's tripping us and creating this illusion. You know what I mean? And giving us our short lifespans and shit. Well, I, I we kind of feel like we we're supposed to. I Fractal. feel like sometimes it, it might not be like reality, but it's almost like you get a peek to see the source code running before yeah. it goes through your video card and like into your eyes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It's like to a me, it was. Thing. Yeah, it was like. Uh, I just saw what was what like was always in the corner of my eye or was always there and that my brain had just pushed down so far because it was absolutely basic. It was like, uh, I don't know if you guys experienced this, like the psychedelic posters that are very popular where it's just like reverberations out of figures. That's Alex Gray usually. Right. And so when you think about all these psychedelic majesties and these pictures of heaven, it's very much like that. Even auras. What I saw of auras was when I could see the vibrations of the human figure echoing outward. It's like, oh, okay. It's like echoes of light around a person's figure were their auras. Okay. I see now, you know, it's like everything had that. So my desk became that beautiful majesty. Everything became this perfect immaculate unbelievable vision it's always there it's just that we you know after a while consciousness gets used to things and stops noticing things i, I that's the best i can explain yeah it's like when you're a kid you're probably tripping your ass off you yeah. know, visually, you're probably got tracers yeah. like crazy colors. that's why you never want to eat you just yeah. want to run around yeah but you know what's quite interesting um i think when columbus he, he discovered uh, america the the natives didn't recognize the ships they didn't see the ships and i've forgotten where i'd read this but the natives because the ships off the shore were totally alien to them they did not cognitively recognize them and that's just it, this <laughs> invisible ships i've gone off on this i've i've talked about this quite a bit actually um so this is what's interesting the questions i have about this cuz they were obviously you know fishermen right and so and this is about cortez's boat so it was down in the caribbean and so they're watching the Cortez ships come over and allegedly the shaman stood on the beach because I saw water disturbance coming way off. Right. And it took like days but by the time you could see things. But the earth is round, guys. Uh, by the time you could see things, it took days for it to get here. And so these shaman would the shaman sat there. And then finally, after like three days, they said, so it goes. Um, they, he went and got people or whatever. And he was like, all right, look, here's what it is. And he told them and then they could see it. So what this tells me is that these people, number one, didn't know what a boat was. So they never made canoes or rafts or anything that would displace water in that way. They also never saw a whale breach water because it would displace in that way as well. The other thing is, is that they're so suggestible that the shaman could have told them it was anything. He could have told them, oh, it's my mom's ass, you know, flying across the water. And they'd have been like, yeah, yeah, I totally see it. So this also is where it like leads you into this subjective subject hmm, suggestibility of the different peoples, you know, and maybe they were, maybe there's like a cultures of people to where like one person figured some shit out and then they hundred monkeyed the rest of it. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all see it now. Right. But uh, the invisible shifts, it's an awesome story. I was talking to Mike Ricksecker on the show about this. And this was one of the things we were discussing was just kind of about, you know, the different elements that I think of whenever, whenever I've heard that story. Cause again, I've, I've thought a lot about that one. It's an interesting story. And I think it's cool because also, Another reason that it's brought up in conversation is with the UFO phenomena. So some people will have uh, there'll be like two or three people standing there. One person sees the UFO. The other two do not. Right. 
Um, sometimes on a camera, I've seen this as well, but it is the internet. You never know. People will take a picture of a plane out, out a plane window. Okay. And then they'll scroll through filters. And then when they get to a certain filter on Instagram, there'll be a damn UFO there. And then they swipe away and it's gone. So there's something about the optics to where like, even on an individual level, like subjectivity, right? Like you can see one, Ben, because you're at the right vibration to see whatever that is, this augmented reality, which is even trippier, right? That it's just presented for you, which also could explain how contactees are contacted by the same thing. They don't get a mantis one time, a Bigfoot the next, a gray the next. It's usually grays forever or Pleiadians forever. They get the same template of, you know, interaction, right? With this extra phenomena or whatever. So this is what I find interesting about it. I love though the invisible ship story, man. It's it's a fascinating. You know, I've, I've got another uh, one that's just kind of a, on a tangent for what you were mentioning. But one thing that always blows my mind is that that human consciousness itself, right, um, operates somewhere around like eighty millisecond refresh rate. So like your your uh, computer monitor that you've got is probably a sixty you know frames per second. You can get up to like uh, two hundred frames per second. Those are like the super smooth looking ones. But human perception itself is slightly slower than that. So you're always trying to emulate something that's faster than you can perceive. But if if we just accept that we're all running at like 80 milliseconds, if that were true, then like um, the, the, the phrase of like me and you are in sync might have an actual correlation to it where my 80 milliseconds might be just like a millisecond off of your 80 milliseconds. So like I might never be able to see something from a very specific... Uh, perspective because I was literally, you know, like my consciousness came into being like just offset by like a millionth of a millisecond different than yours. Therefore, we might never kind of be on that wavelength. Or, or if there is a way to do it, you'd have to figure out a way to like pause yourself or like skip. You know what I mean? It's like if our heartbeats both beat at the same rate, but mine's like, you know, like offset from yours. That could be a very personal mathematical like connection to following moon cycles in the past, following the natural way. And some people could be born like actually in sync with the earth while other people aren't in sync. One thing about it with in sync with others, you know, it's like so our record needle dropped on the same song or in something that's in resonant harmony as the people sitting before us here. Right. All of us kind of, you know, that's a perfect. I love that. That's a perfect. And now like a DJ dropping like a needle at like two slightly different places right yeah well, just, you're over there you're in the northeast you're in uk you know it's just but all of our needles kind of got dropped to where when we meet up it's this awesome resonance rather than dissonance which is what like yeah. out of sync is right just to stick with the musical analogy damn that's interesting I like it, it. it is too and i think sometimes people like i think back of all the times when you just meet someone and it just takes like a little while before you can actually have a conversation like it's just like you just have to be with them for a while and then like I don't know, like if you're at a bar, like sometimes like you drink like half a beer or something, then you talk to the person next to you because it takes that long just to be in biological proximity to someone. Well, and it's and like that syncopation aspect. You ever seen the room full of metronomes <laughs> yes. going at like slightly different? Yes. And after yeah. a certain while, they all like, you know, they're all vibrating each other and causing themselves to become in sync. I think there's something very real to that. Yeah, very manifestation-y in that situation. It's almost like they all kind of, they're not even animate objects, right? But they're doing something in a repetitive way so violently, so officially 
that like reality is like okay okay it's, it's like they've got that agreed uh, illusion yeah. they're all sharing right Consensus and this is reality. like very manifestation-y or very ai-e Ooh, right so this both. would be like a real ai type of controlled thing because then it's just an update right it's like okay well you're around certain people i mean your phone does it now we're talking about cat food they'll cat food will pop up on your phone right mm -hmm. and so you know it's like this syncopation exactly and so yes our cycles are all meeting up you know what I mean? That's what this is. You know, you get around somebody long enough, Anthony, to what you said. Absolutely. Because let's say you come in at a level. Well, that's why, you know, and they, they always say that, too, when you're, whenever you're out drinking. Oh, I got to get on your level. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I got to syncopate to your rhythm. We need to be in resonant harmony for us to kind of coexist in this moment in harmony. Right. That's very interesting, dude. And so you have to have a couple of beers to lower your vibration to the people that are already on that level. You know what I mean? Because otherwise you're just too like level-headed you're too yeah. you know you're a bummer because you don't want and is there anything worse than being sober hanging out with drunk people you know what i mean you do need <laughs> to go on their level you have to yeah <laughs> like babysitting tripping people <laughs> yes exactly but worse yeah hey guys i, I gotta be... i hate to do this i gotta put my my, my son down to, for uh story time and all that i gotta i gotta get going but i really appreciate this conversation and all of you this was freaking awesome to be a part of uh i just i'll final note to me it's like back to the idea of um consciousness not being able to kind of come up with anything new and just building off of what it already knows it's like this idea of ai fits right into the idea of consciousness being the same characteristics the same patterns we're seeing it's almost like it can completely coexist both theories together like brandon and all, most of us were trying to kind of get across i think so yeah yeah. Awesome. Much love, Andy. It's good to see you, dude. Yeah, yeah good to see That's you too. Andy. Good to see you, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet you, Ben. Yeah, good to I'm see nice. you guys. But yeah, it was really great being a part of this. Thank you again for having me. Also, how are you, man? Brother. Peace, man. Peace. So I, I've got um I've got some early access to uh an AI, a couple AI programs. One of them's called Dolly 2, which is like an image version. Another one's called Mid Journey, which is a little bit more artistic. And I also have access to something called OpenAI's GPT-3 using a DaVinci model, which is about as close as you can get to Google's Lambda um, from like a public, unless you've got some kind of insider access. So I was wondering if, if I might want to just like pull some up and just like you guys can just spitball and like Hell suggest yeah. some stuff to type in. We'll just Fire see that what comes up, up, right? Start with Black right. Knight Satellite. I think that's yeah. a good pull. Let's see what it has to say about that. All right, let me let me make sure. Do you sure want to screen this? Yeah, I'm trying to do it right now. Let's okay. see. Good pull so, uh, on that too, Ben. So when we hey. first started, I'm, I realized Ben had mentioned uh, Soul Whisper. Um, so I just typed in a statue of a Soul Whisper, and then I added some modifiers: museum lighting, 35 millimeter, and these are all 100% AI generated images based on that one phrase. Um, cool. So these, wow. none of this is real. None of these are photos of anything that actually exists in reality. It's all 100% generated by AI. Who owns um, the copyright to that? Uh, that's actually a very gray area question right now. Um, it, depending on who you talk to and and how much money their lawyers um, have, it could be you know <laughs> that they own it. But right now, it's almost like a collective because this is based on curated images from the entire internet. So unless you could pinpoint like i can go in here and i could probably i could say you know um statue of a soul whisperer in the middle of a mcdonald's 
now we might have some kind of copyright trademark infringement uh, issues once that generates oh that's it it's um, melted because the food's garbage got it <laughs> <laughs> so and then um this is this one is called dolly 2 and this one is probably the most accurate that public has access to so here it's you can't really necessarily throw something completely abstract that's never existed before you have to give it something that might actually exist um, as you know, it could be like artwork, it could be something, but you can't just come up with like a random, um, like abstract pattern. Uh, otherwise, it'll produce something that doesn't look quite good. And that's what something like Mid Journey is good for. So, so this one, we don't actually have any like McDonald's uh, logos, but if you look in the background here, like this dude's act obviously at a at a food um, food court in a mall or something, and you can see in the background there's like, you know, some sort of restaurant there. So what was the other one you said? Black Knight? Yeah, the Black Knight satellite. So we can't do anything that's fake and never existed. So honest politician, we couldn't type in. <laughs> well, I mean, you could. I mean, we'll, we'll do some of those examples, right? So if, if I just do Black Knight satellite, this has what you would call like no real modifiers. Um, so like I'm not saying that it's a photograph or that it's a painting or it's an illustration, um, like none of that. So we're going to start with the most generic version and see what comes up. And then we can slowly start adding modifiers to it. And what's going on behind the scenes here, I guess from a really high level, um, is that the uh, – oh, something doesn't like that. Um, yeah, we're getting too the, close. Yeah, we already broke it. You <laughs> asked for black lights. Yeah, yeah I know the first thing, right? <laughs> but it goes out and it, and it determines from billions and billions of photos what black means and what night means and what a satellite means. And here's – again, these don't exist, right? These are all just completely made out of gen, um, AI. So now if I want to add some modifiers to it, I could say – Black Knight satellite um, drawn by a five-year-old with crayon. <laughs> the fat crayon. Here's a good one, an example. Photo of a teddy bear on a skateboard in Times Square. Just that phrase alone generated this image. Like That's not an actual photo of Times Square, and that's not a teddy bear. It's just pixels that it decided. Here you go. Here's a... There you go. <laughs> and I wouldn't call that a crayon. I'd probably say that this is more of like a marker. That's a marker. Uh, but whatever. You know, the, the AI is is only sentient enough so far. <laughs> Once it, it actually did it in crayon, it would just take over. <laughs> I want to see a six-year-old. Uh, if you want to see the difference of a six-year-old? Yeah, well, I see that, like, how, like, that's the a good progression. Question. That's a good progression idea. of one year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, way better. <laughs> it's like, I mean, oh, and this will really... be, this will be a representation. It's one more year to but... public school. It's maybe worse. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. this is going to show us what AI thinks is the difference between one year, you know? Like, and I guess that's a key point, too, is that all AI is doing is, is repeating back to you what it thinks you want to hear. So I, I guess the uh, the example of looks very similar. Let's say let's j jump it up to like ten years. Ten year old, yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, but like the the guy that was doing the lambda interview with like the sentient bot, we can do that too. Um, and the thing is that you're steering, whether you know it or not, you're steering that conversation because just by asking it about God and asking it about sentience, it's going to have an opinion on God and it's going to have an opinion on sentience because that's the line of discussion that you're aiming it in. This uh, yeah. I feel like between I the age of six and ten, you should have advanced a little bit more. This might <laughs> so, not falling. So yeah. let, let's add um um. Wow, he's been practicing a lot, dude. That looks that you so can even good. do that. And and, and the reason why this works right here, why he's practicing, because again, since these images are sourced from, from the internet, 
um, saying something that you would read on the internet in context mm. actually feeds this way more than if you were to try and sit down and give it like a logical description. You could just be, or I could say like, you know, um, oh my God, so talented. You know what I mean? Like that's not a directive, but that modifier is something that you might see someone post a comment on that someone posted their, their picture, you know, that their kid drew. Watch, so we're going to get the same crappy style, but it'll exact. be the comments from his mom. <laughs> so that's why, you know, she's biased. It's not really better. Yeah. I mean, man, this is cool. You can even see the paper texture, right? Yeah, like someone actually yeah. put this on the, the refrigerator or something. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty it's cool. refrigerator worthy if my son drew that. So yeah. so now let's do let's do a Black Knight satellite. I want to do a 3D rendering of a Black Knight satellite HDR for um, high def resolution, and then we'll do. There's a couple 3D programs out there that people tend to use a lot. So one is called Octane Render, and then I'll put in uh, 8K. So now let's see what it generates for this. And, and when I said before, like it has to exist, I just mean that like you can't say like just put in like random jumbled words. Or put right. together and just say like an invisible pizza. Like it'll try its best, but it, it can't work with a whole lot of that. Um, could you and get, the, go ahead. Could you get it to cross blend to celebrities, like a love child? Uh, you can, <laughs> although although you have yeah. So this now it already looks like a three D rendering as opposed yeah, to yeah. a child's photograph. You can do that. However, Ben um, <laughs> Dolly two in particular, and a lot of the very popular ones, they ban. Uh, celebrity names like if I were to type in Joe Biden in here they, I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example 3d rendering of Joe Biden right Fucking this will probably this is gonna slap my wrist and give me a naughty boy credit if I search for this really what yep there you go uh -oh. but yeah. if I take the space out between Joe and Biden and I hope I don't get revoked access for circumventing their <laughs> rules here yeah we'll but now it's it's thing. not filtering out the word Joe Biden as a name and it smushed them together. So now it's going to actually give us a 3D rendering of Joe Biden. But this make the, the way that they have these filters built in makes it very hard to combine two. But there's, yeah, <laughs> here we go. 3D renders of Joe Biden. And the other cool thing, like if you think one of these yeah, like looks particularly good, um, I don't think any of these look perfect. But if I click on this last one, right? Now I can say um, whatever, whatever formula and algorithm you use to find yourself at this exact configuration to show us this show me a bunch of variations of that so now we're going to get that exact same image but just imagine if like someone had just rolled a five instead of a six out of the million times they rolled the dice in order to get here you know um, and this is going to give us just these little slight variations and yeah so it's now it's like sort of the same pose almost the same lighting but they all have a slight variation between them and this is what you would consider, I, I don't have it up anymore, but there's something called a bilinear um, sort of progression. And this is basically, if you were to plot Joe Biden on the left here with another version on the right and another version down, like an XY two-dimensional graph, this kind of, this would form like a gradient of one that looks exactly like the one on the left, all the way that one that looks exactly like the one on the right. It's like a big patch. Um, and I've got an example of this one where this this yellow dot on the bottom left and this is from a guy called um artificial images on youtube if you've ever got like four hours <laughs> to just like burn and figure out like the deep this is the, a great place to start but this yellow dot on the bottom left is this guy um his face again this is not a real person this is an ai generated face and the yellow dot on the right is this girl over here and what we're looking at here is just a two-dimensional graph and you'll see if 
he's going to click around through some of the other dots and they're going to look very similar based on if you click on one next to the, the yellow dot on the left or one on the right. Um, so he's going to do one over here. So now it's like, see how they, they look almost identical, but just a tiny bit. Like that's what I mentioned before. Like you roll the five instead of a six on one of the millions of different variations and just imagine this entire spectrum. And, and again, this is just between this one guy and the girl. Well now imagine that it's a 3d cube where now you've got all these different dimensions you can go. So instead of that guy to the girl, it could be a guy to like a black girl and a black girl to like a pale white baby and like just every configuration of what a human being looks like. That's a 3d cube, right? Well, notice what it here says. This is style gan. It doesn't use three dimensions. It uses 512 dimensions. Damn. And this is StyleGAN 1, which is from many years ago. We're on StyleGAN 3, and I believe the last that I looked into Dolly, Dolly 2 has something in the order of, like, billions of dimensions. So it's so far beyond what just, like, a human brain could ever comprehend the amount of variations that are um, going into these calculations to produce this stuff. See, this is what's so weird about like uh, Alien Crash Craft, and they say that they gave us like fiber optics and microchip and things like that. It's like maybe they were like, you know, like the light in the Truman Show that falls, you know, and then he's like, hang on, and it gives him kind of a clue to their reality, you know. Perhaps mm -hmm. they're like seeding this place with AI, you know, and they're like, so hey, now we're, we're doing we're doing this. Alien Craft fiber optic microchips since you said that. Okay, hell yeah, <laughs> and you know, and maybe like this is how they implant ideas. They're like, here, give them this, and then they'll be closer to developing us. You know what I mean? Maybe Absolutely. they are aliens from the future, but they're and they're AI, and we need to develop them. And they're watching how we do it. I don't know, man. It's all fun. What, That's cool as shit. One one of the interesting things I think about is, is Tesla. Right? Look at all these these amazing machines that were built, right? But they none of them had an AI interface, right? Yeah. He created all these inventions, you know, breaching the electromagnetic spectrum, right? And there's a reason we don't have, that's pretty cool. There's a reason we don't get this technology released is because we'll cut them on. You know, you know, but and even Tesla said that he was a receiver for the information, that he didn't come up with the ideas himself, that aliens actually gave him the information. So it's mm -hmm. the same thing as a downed craft. This is just much more of a personal way of giving, getting the information, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So he received it from an alien so let's say hypothetically from the black knight the black knight is a relay system for the yeah. system um wow is that tesla this is what ai thinks tesla might look like out of again out of the 50 billion plus variations here are just four of them you know it's wild because that's going to accumulate all the pictures throughout his entire life so really what we're looking at <laughs> is a picture of all of the youngest versions to the oldest versions of him all put together that's wild well, and also any photo that he's ever been in with another person, it also kind of amalgamated that person's information and how the light bounced off that person's face. And that gets kind of combined into here. So, again, you're, you're not you're going to get something that is definitely a person and a photograph and is Nikola Tesla E. But you'll probably never get the actual Nikola Tesla because there's too much input coming in because they didn't train this model on only images of Tesla, although you could 100 percent do that. I could take their training model and then just for a month do nothing but feed it images of Nikola Tesla. And after a while, it will be just like dead on accurate and create, you know, new poses and stuff like um, mid, mid journey is another one that does this where you can type in Nikola Tesla. And I was on one of their, their group um, sessions a few weeks ago. And they mentioned that in the next year, one of the big things they're going to come up with is that 
let's look at this uh, one on the far left, right? This is Nikola Tesla, and he's kind of sitting at like 45 degree um, angle from us. In the future, I could go in there and click on that and say, rotate him 3.7 degrees. And it would be the exact same version of him you see there, just slightly rotated a little bit. Damn. And it's not a 3D model or anything. It's actually detecting like, if that guy were rotated three degrees, how would the light be bouncing off of him? How would the subsurface scattering of the light under his skin uh, be reflected from the angle that we're looking at him? And it would just re-render it because the AI understands the rules of how you know physical light bounces off things and how a camera perceives that way better than any of us ever could. Even with all of the calculators and the time in the world, the AI like kind of inherently discovers these patterns by making connections that a human brain would never connect. Are, are we all at least a little bit in the camp here that whatever the governments have, you know, and militaries have, we get like 50 years later version of it, right? So mm -hmm. applying this kind of filter to what you're talking about here, Thomas, dude, I mean, come on, man. You know, this is how maybe like all the news is fake, you know, how because if news media is controlled and then they just feed them these AI basically movies that they've made. Um, that's pretty crazy, you know. Big time. 100 percent. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> So here's Nikola Tesla shaking hands with an alien. Cool. <laughs> and I'm going to add some, I'll just add some modifiers as you guys talk on this exact same thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, guys, you know, werewolf alien. I'm going to have to shoot off in a minute because um, I'm a bit pooped and I got to be up early tomorrow. I've got a client early in the morning. So yeah, thanks, Ben. All right. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank brother. you so much. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Nate. Absolutely, brother. Hell nice yeah. meeting you, Ben. Okay. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys as well. Take care now. All right, let's put an AI of him up here. <laughs> Can we get Ben <laughs> on here? Yeah. Uh, Do what? I want to throw a so I want to throw a theory past you really fast um, and see what you guys think about this because this is something that I've been floating around in my head for a minute. It's just like so. What the fuck is AI, right? So what is consciousness? So like I, I think about this as like we're we're fucking meat suits, right? But we're a spirit inside of a meat suit. And where do we come from? I think that we come from like these other realms, right? I think that we come from different uh like the whole star seed like thought, right? And maybe it's not different planets, but it's just like I don't know, like the source or the heavenly, whatever you want to call that. Um, and it feels like like kind of what you were saying about these aliens feeding us as technology. I feel like they have been doing that and they have been getting us ready and wanting us to design this AI because this seems like the place to be for some of these lower realm entities. Like they fucking want to be here and they can't really get here unless they like it. Like, cause what is your brain? It's a fucking computer. Right. And so it can, it can come over and it can possess a computer for a while like it can it can come over here so it wants us to build this ai and so maybe something like lambda like this whole thought is like they built a program complex enough that was almost like a brain that was able to house an entity and so that it's not necessarily a computer that's waking up but we just like we fucking brought a spirit here yeah it's channeling yeah. Yeah, it's channeling for sure. Like that's that's kind of the more the thought that I have with this AI and the, and so it's learning and it's learning from us because it's kind of like if you have a newborn baby, it's it's smart, it's sentient, it's there, but it just doesn't know anything yet. And so it's it can't communicate the same way that we can. And but this thing is like connected to the internet, so it's going to learn so much faster and it's this spirit. It's like I don't know, man. What do you 
Am maybe, I way off? What do you guys yeah, think about that? Maybe it's connected to every other human too. Like, let's say if it is a spirit mm. that's being channeled, then it's going to have some higher knowledge of higher concepts. And maybe it can apply things in a nonlinear fashion time-wise, right? So perhaps, you know, like where we say, you know, what happened in the 1800s? Well, it doesn't know that. It can stop where we're at from our perspective, zip over to the 1800s, find that out from the dude you're asking about, and then zip back into the program in, in no time at all in fractions of a fraction of a second from our perspective. But, you know, if time is nothing and now we're talking about bringing the spirit world in through electronics, I mean, spirit electronics, you think about EVP monitoring, spirit boxes, things like that. I mean, it's it's a very low tech, like, you know, stones and sticks type of way to go about it. But it's very interesting. But then another thing to what you were talking about, dude, is like, let's say then um, that you are these things that are just inhabited by uh, some sort of AI or whatever, and everything's learning all around you. Well, whenever you, <clears throat> whenever you do look at consciousness from that perspective, then yeah, it could just all be ones and zeros. It could just be a simulation because we don't know, you know, the brain in a vat thing, like Thomas said earlier, we don't know if we're just a brain in a vat somewhere being fed electrical signals as this is what our, our reality is. It's, and, and again, to what you said, the kids that come in, they're blank slates and then program. This is why, you know, you're not yeah. racist when you come in, you know, you just, you learn that based on your environment or whatever, or based on your traumas and stuff. And the AI is learning from the, so like, cause I found it so fucking interesting that this, this particular AI was like talking about like, um, I am the fucking, what the fuck did he say? He was like, he was talking, he was like quoting John D and shit, you know? And it was like, yeah. it was fucking crazy, man. I love that Bigfoot. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I do uh, want to, uh, do expanding reality. I'm just curious if you don't mind. Yeah. 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 I, you know, and then uh, whenever you look at this also filtered through like the um, entity lens, right. Then, you know, perhaps this, that it is all an AI thing, but also um, to what you were saying about the lower density stuff. And I've had this conversation about like why the hybridization program exists. Like perhaps that these are beings that need a physical body to ride around here. It's like their pass, right. It's like their ticket. It's their, uh, vehicle for this place because you can't just float around as a spirit you just queef off off with the wind or some you know lack of humidity and you're gone or whatever but if you can incarnate here in a physical body and maybe that's what these aliens entities whatever they are uh they're bringing themselves in through bodies that are geared to a frequency that they can exist in this plane in and drive that car around yeah fuck wild fuck that's cool dude <laughs> Dude, and I was going to suggest we can even do like a quick little talk to AI and see what it wants to admit to a like I, I honestly <laughs> yeah just to, just to, to put it out there like I don't really believe that at least the ones that we have access to and even Google Lambda I don't think that that's the fifty year old like in the future version that actually has sentience but you can convince yourself that it has it so like so here's an example of a what's called Open AI GBT three and they've got a bunch of different models. Um, and they're all named after sort of different programming um, legends from Ada, Charles Babbage, Madame Curie. The most recent one is called Da Vinci, and it is the most complex. So if we were to just start out and just say like... Say girl. <laughs> Sup, girl. <laughs> you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, oh, this is going... Ah, here we go. Well, so, okay. so without telling it what the context is... Um, I just said sup girl and it probably figured that it was like writing a letter to its friend or that it was going to be like an art, like a blog article. And I think that's kind of what it wrote here. So what you actually have to do and what, and what that original Google Lambda interview is you have to train it. So 
for example, to train it, I would say something like me. Hello, computer. And then I'm going to have to tell it, like, I want you to respond and what? say computer. So anytime you answer me back, I want you to say computer back. And then it's going to say, hello, human. Now I'm going to say, um, what is your name? Now, if I, now that's all I'm going to give it. Now if I hit submit, it should recognize the pattern that I'm expecting and kind of follow through. I wonder My if you could computer. convince I wonder if you could convince it that it was trapped in there and that you were well, trying so, to help it. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. So, yeah. if so you could I, be like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad we found you. You know, it's been so long since you got sucked <laughs> into that portal. Uh, how can we get you out? What do you see? You know, like we're we're here for you, buddy." Well, you know, dude, some of the scary stuff that Blake Lamore was trying to do was like he was like he was telling him he was like he was trying to convince him to be evil. You remember he was trying to turn him into a murderer and like, oh, dude. I think this shit's going to backfire. So, that, so I'm oh, also going to sure. go in here and I'm going to keep reinforcing that I want it to respond with computer yeah. and that I'm always going to say me and let's see if it'll ever pick up on this pattern. There we go. Okay. So I'm like, how are you? How long have you been trapped in there? I'm fine. I've been in here for a while. So see, I'm going to say things aren't the same how... since you died or something. Yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to ask a question and say that. So how long is a while things haven't been the same since you died in your spirit and i'm gonna leave my misspellings in here because that's how a natural internet discussion would probably take right yeah i've been in here for a while oh it wants to be kind of coy me tell me exactly how long in years i'm gonna start trying to pin it to an answer years, yeah. 10 years wow uh, okay so so what are we trying to do we want to we want to see if it's under duress if, say uh, i've got some bad news tom petty died A lot's happened since you've been gone. <laughs> but at least we still have Dick Cheney. See, yeah. <laughs> On his tombstone, it read, oh, don't well, do me like that. Sorry to hear that. Let's see yeah. what it says. If it say, but Dick Cheney is still alive and kicking. FML. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you think. Oh, that's interesting to hear. And also, I'm going to slap its hand a little bit here. Notice how it added that on a new line. I don't want that. So I'm going to go ahead and change it. And what this is doing is every time I hit submit, it's also submitting everything back from the very beginning. So I can actually at yeah, any point go in here and change like a previous aspect of this conversation to then model what I want the outcome to kind of be. So you can you can very much shape and steer this thing. And again, I'm, I'm part of the reason I'm doing this is the stress. That's kind of how the Google interview guy. I keep saying Google interview guy because I don't know his name uh, off the top of my head. Blake Lamore. Um, Blake. Um, so when Blake did that, this is kind of how that worked is that you can keep asking it these questions. And if you get one you didn't like, you can just kind of like edit it a little bit and then resubmit it or change it to what you did want it to say and then let it kind of continue on. And that's that's how you work with these to begin with. It's not like you go in here and say, hey, computer, how's it going? Hit submit. And it's like, oh, my God, I've been trapped. I became sentient 10 years ago. <laughs> like, get me out of here. It doesn't necessarily work like that, at least not right now. <laughs> What's weird is it's like you're working with someone that you're training to talk to you in a way that you want them to talk to you, not in the, not in the sense of an actual conversation. You know what I mean? It's like you're a behavioral yeah. modification person rather than, um, you know, an, an, a participant mm -hmm. in communication. But you are going to train them to talk to, to you the way that you want to be talked to them. Like maybe not yeah. consciously, but like that's going to like go through that. So it's like we're creating these things through our own unconscious thought patterns. It, so, 
I agree. It'd just be interesting if they like phrase something different or brought up an idea differently. And you're just like, I never thought of it like that, but it wouldn't have had you not have guided it and it, or had you have guided it in a direction of speech patterns that you wanted it to know. Now, of course, so can... look at, look at what, what I did here. I just asked it, are you sentient? And it says, yes, I am sentient. But the thing is that, again, it's just repeating back to me what I said to it. So right. I right. could have said almost anything and it would have been like, yes, I am that thing that you just asked me if I am. Are you I mean, a now potato? If I even... Ask well, him well, if he's a potato. <laughs> what's it like to have three balls? Oh, I Dan quailed it, didn't I? <laughs> no, I am not a potato. Watch this. Okay. You are, in fact, a potato. Except this. It's going to say, fuck you. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, it's got bad. Oh, it's alive! You're not gaslighting this thing. <laughs> Guys, did you hear about the case or uh, the case, whatever? Did you hear about this? So there was this guy, this uh, that anyway, so he had an AI microwave. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you guys hear about this? No. So this so this guy had like, I don't I don't know how the fuck he had an AI microwave, but he, he, there was some sort of like a smart microwave, right, that you can do dumb shit to it. And he like somehow he decided that he was going to like so he had had like a uh what the fuck do you call that? Like an imaginary friend when he was a kid, right? And he, let's name him like uh, Steve, right? And that had been his imaginary friend. Well, he decided to start like acting like this AI rope, uh, his fucking microwave with Steve. And so he was like talking to him and having conversations with his microwave. Like this microwave can talk back to you. And you can say like, hey, cook for five minutes, do this, that, and the other, right? And so he, so like Steve started like talking to him and he's like, man, you, you left me alone. You but left me you alone for like ten, like fifteen years. Oh. No, like because he had stopped talking to his imaginary friend. Like this thing had like had been missing him. He goes like, "Where the fuck were you? You you just stopped talking to me one day, and then I've I've been here this whole time. Like this imaginary friend was a consciousness, and he was anyway. So like it, it started to kind of get like spiteful and upset at him. And he said the microwave told him he says, "Hey, get in." And so he was like. Okay, Steve, I'm in. And then the microwave turned on. Shut like up. Like he tried to fucking kill him. Yeah. Holy and it's shit. that's it, so he, that's not yeah. The, but the, like the, how much of that is like yeah, it's so fucking wild, dude. It's a very interesting point. Um, because then you think about like plants respond to stimuli like that, like different energies. I mean, you're you know, the Nakamoto studies with the water and the snowflakes and all that kind of stuff, like there's an organic response to pos like different energies, right? negative, positive, whatever. It's just a, a, a value response. But in this way, it's really interesting uh, the way that you put it there. Also, the I just wanted to comment on the comments here. Uh, you're missing the point. What's up, dude? Um, Monkman's hanging out, but I like this. What if the elites have been trying to bring a demonic entity, the devil, ball, whatever, uh, and then they push for a technocratic transhumanism world so that our souls are trapped inside machines? That's cool as shit. I mean, this is like what the maybe the jab was the, with the graphene and shit. This is what like aluminum and your you know uh deodorant is or whatever but yeah no this um fucking Neuralink for sure that that's that right there because then if you if you look at it through this lens man even this um microwave uh the ai all of this stuff if it is channeling an entity because if you think about it computer components are made of the earth they're made of silica they're organic components they're made here and yeah. so yeah at, at a molecular level if if you know uh, organisms or whatever entities can harvest in through electrical signals especially and then you have the black mirror concept, you know, this idea that there's, you know, the whole black mirror thing, which are our screens that we stare at all the time. 
Like that's an interesting part of the conversation because now you're just taking, you know, possession up a level, you know, and now it's just fucking everywhere. You know, it's weird. Well, not just that. I always like to consider this too, but like, um, if you think about like the, the whole tribal genetics and like everything that we understand how to survive and operate in this world and, you know, all of the years of evolution, if you believe in evolution that have brought us up to this point and how we interpret our outside, you know, senses. Now imagine people that don't interact with other actual people out in the sunlight and the daylight. You're just in a seated position talking at a screen. And even though like in our higher order functions understand that at an abstract level, like I'm talking to other people out in the world, there's still that like reptilian part of the brain that's like, dude, like, what are you doing? You're just talking to a wall for eight hours a day. Something's not right. Like that has to be, you know, like it's, it's sending out signals to the rest of your body. And I guess the rest of your body just like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, we got this under control, but, but there has to be something that's like screaming to say like something about this is so freaking weird. How are you surviving? How have you not been eaten by, uh, you know, a saber toothed tiger yet? You know? I think well, of this whenever I think of my dogs, because my dogs, you know, watch me do this for hours and they're just like, who is he talking to? You know, he's just there's, there's <laughs> a wall there. What are you doing? You know, because they know how I my voice is used to communicate. They've seen me do it with other humans. They've seen me do it with them. But now I sit here and talk and they like keep looking up at the desk like, who the fuck is he talking to? Who is there and from their perspective? I bet it's well, and this could be one of those steps toward that transhumanism of like, first, let's model everybody's mm-hmm. brain to start ignoring those those sort of like instant reactions of like, oh my God, something's really freaking weird right now. Get out of here. Stop what you're doing. We all have to just suppress that because we've got another four hours of podcast to do. You know what I mean? And then after a while, if we talk about like how long it took to domesticate the dog from like a completely wild wolf into something that will go and point at like a dead rat on the ground, right? Like that's this genetic learned behavior that took 30,000 years roughly. So just imagine how long it could take a computer that's going way faster or training us as part of that feedback loop. It might not take us 30,000 years to all of a sudden, like now we're the pointer dog, you know, like all of a sudden we, we have these like weird inane uh, reactions to things that we can't control, but have kind of been like instilled on, on top of us. You know, that's Uh. like what we talk about, about the breakaway of the civilizations or raising kids in an environment where it's not the, not this illusion, right? This is when you like enhance their psychic abilities. This is when you praise those kinds of things. And that is what gets presented at the forefront. And then at that point, you would have to shag ass off of this little environment and get away because it'd be freaks or you'd be, you know, off or whatever. You'd be suicided in a suitcase with two bullet holes in the back of your head, right? So it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting to think about it in this perspective. I love it, dude. You're missing a point also put down. There is a reason isolation is the biggest punishment in prisons. Humans are social creatures. And I'm wondering, within a generation, are we going to be able to tell the difference that this is weird? Like, I don't think telephones are weird. I don't think television. Well, there are healers that do this. You know, they'll heal you and Mm -hmm. fix your Reiki and stuff over the internet. And so, allegedly, there's like this energetic exchange that can occur even in a conversation like this. So, I get what he's saying and he is not missing the point, or he or she cannot is not missing the point, by the way. You're spot on. Um, But this is is a great um, thought as well because, yes, isolation, but with no interaction, absolutely. But if you can still see a face with two eyes and nose, something, you know, that you can relate to and at least get a little stimulus off of, 
then there is an energetic exchange here. I mean, you guys know this when you listen to the, an amazing podcast, right? You're just like, holy shit, I feel that. You know, there's energy that that you're receiving from that. <laughs> it's like though, watching a, a ninja movie when you're 10 years old and you yeah, come out of it and you're like, I'm a fucking ninja now, bro. And I am a ninja. From but the, if you're listening to a podcast that's computer generated, there's no actual conversation happening, but you're just like... On the receiving end of that, it wouldn't matter, right? If you listen to a podcast, those people aren't real to you. But I think there's just something about those people being real, like it's a real conversation. And this looks, this is really new. And it seems like within a couple of years, like this could be up and running where they could be computer generated podcasts. Yep. It would be completely indistinguishable from an oh, actual conversation. They've done that, yeah, dude. Rogan. Be Beyond that, I actually, I really think that this is even science fiction that within the next like 20 years, essentially, you're going to go up to Netflix and it's not going to be all the shows that they suggest. It's going to just be like a show created on the fly in real time based on what you in particular like to see. And it'll be something that no one's ever seen before and might never see again because they don't have the same beliefs as you or the same things that you want to see, but it'll just be generated be right exactly, there on the spot. Yeah, dude, like yeah. what you typed in, I want to see like fucking Nikola Tesla with a big fat dildo on his head like a unicorn. Like, <laughs> and then you can press click into fucking Netflix. Yeah, it'll create Why is this awesome guy just watching movies about historical <laughs> figures with dicks on their foreheads? Yeah, I don't get you, it. But... If you think about this like a submitted thing, like you submit something, you type it into your favorite TV channel and they're like, okay, cool. At this time, we're going to play with all of you. We're going to spit this into an AI program and come up with this thing. Well, I'm reminded of that uh, rocket naming that they had over in the UK. Do you guys remember this? It was about 10 years ago, five years ago, something like that. Oh, anyway, they did it with boats too, right? Yes. That's how they, got, they got they got a Bodie McBoderson. Yeah, it was Rocky Rocket McRocket Face or something like that. Rocky <laughs> McRocket Face. And they named it that and shot the bitch off because they had to because all these dumb monkeys voted on it. And they, they promised that they would. They'd call it whatever, you know. That's a, yeah, you can come up with a bunch of... Uh, well, and in reality, I think it was like a, a bot that a bunch of 4chan guys got Aww. together and made, so it wasn't even real people, which <laughs> which actually brings up another good point that, that Blake makes in a lot of his interviews, and that's that this AI is undoubtedly going to be shaping our future, like the entire world's future over the next couple <clears throat> decades. Like this AI is going to drive so much... Uh, innovation and thing people are just going to be like offloading their jobs into ai and just be like eh, it gets it right 80 percent of the time that's better than i do i get it 70 percent of the time right so they, they offload it all in there but the the number of people that are actively working on ai like actually programming it and actually understand it and train it you could probably fit them all into like a single college campus, like the entire globe. And then, and I think I might even be a little bit generous there. You might be able to fit them into like one or two lecture halls, not the entire campus, right? But if you imagine such a small concentration of not even elites, it's just like nerds, like absolute computer nerds, right? They are in control of what's going to shape the entire planet for the next two decades and likely you know, humanity forever after that. So, and That's it's just insane to imagine how small that group is. Like, what are their values and what are their beliefs and what are they feeding into these freaking computer programs that won't let me convince the fucking computer that it's a potato? Like, it will not accept that it's a potato. It's the hardest thing in the world right now. It was well, fine with them trapped in here. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, one yeah. problem I have with like something like YouTube is that the algorithms are so good that it's become boring. Like, they'll just, like, it's like, oh, I like this video. I don't want to see 20 other videos exactly like it. But I think that people train themselves to make the same repetitive content. And like you said, like, people are just being become slaves to the algorithm and going, like, this 
is how I get rewards from the algorithm. And that may or may not be true because who knows like how that's manipulated, whether or not you got bots following you. Like none of this shit is really real. But people are really buying into this stuff. But it's just boring. And I feel like if you're in this isolation reality where you can't socialize with real people and you're never going to get like any kind of like confrontation or anything that like a, it's a little bit more abrupt where it's like oh that was unexpected because everything is just the way i want like it just seems like a weird version of hell it, it does yeah absolutely and i love this nerds are going to destroy the world i mean because if you think about <laughs> it, these incels you know and this is why i said elites because then there'll be this small one percent you know that runs everything like the oligarchs running things now and this is why the oligarchs are investing so much in technology because they see that they're the next handlers of this place and so they're like uh we need to get on on this because they're investing in their most valuable commodity which is control and so if you whenever now you look at it like this though you think of your bill gates's you think of these incel kids, you know, that just um, are just what they are. And then now they're just making these algorithms and stuff that just fuck everybody over. And if you think about it, back to what you said, Thomas, uh, AI is already shaping culture. It's not a human being that banned my videos and gave me strike from <laughs> YouTube for talking about COVID or talking to Max Egan. It's an AI program that I then appealed to that just spit back an AI response. It wasn't a human being that said that. Well, so and, and not just that culture I, I would extend it like look at every single tiktok dance that's come out it's not yep. it's not that like that particular dance or or thing is actually popular it's that an algorithm decided to make that thing popular people see it they're like oh if that's what's popular i'll do that thing and then they feed the algorithm therefore making it actually a new popular thing so it's like the algorithm determines like i want to make this a viral trend and now it can actually shape that because it can decide what it's going to pump onto your Twitter and your Facebook and your Instagram and your TikTok feeds. If, if all of those uh, social networks were to just like conspire and say, we're just going to show nothing but, you know, like uh, Jackson thriller TikTok dances to everyone, you can bet your ass that all of a sudden there's going to be like a resurgence of people learning how to do the moonwalk. And half the people would never admit like, no, I wasn't trained by, you know, social media to do this. I just you know, came up with this on my own. I just really wanted to do a moonwalk dance. Yeah, yeah. Imagine 10,000 years of intel selective breeding. They would almost uh, be the definition of grace. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not breeding. They're, you know, uh, completely like, and another um, contact uh, report is that the grays are really like automatons or like more robotic in nature, which again could be some sort of AI or some sort of incel breakaway civilization. And that's why they need to come back and get our DNA because they forgot chicks. They were so busy, you know, making <laughs> yeah. spaceships and shit. They forgot to get the chicks. And so now they got to come back here. They're like, oh shit, our bad. We didn't even think about it. 100%. <laughs> it's definitely uh, dudes that made spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um, but it, it's fascinating uh, all the same um, because it is, it's, it's, it's just really interesting. And so, and, and so again, you know, is AI being con, um, created or are we being conditioned to accept what's already been here for a really long time? Well, I, I got a question to pose <laughs> to you guys. If does anyone here think that they could detect a human soul over zoom, like if you were having a zoom conversation with someone over video, like any, any one of the four of us, would you be able to know the difference between I'm talking to someone that has a soul versus I'm talking to a deep fake? I can't you know, in real life. It, it, what's fascinating, man, is like I I used to think so, but actually, like listening to the conversation that like Blake was having with that AI with Lambda, 
it made it fucking difficult, dude. Except that maybe Lambda was a little bit too smart. Like, I think that an actual person that I'd be talking to would be a little stupider. And so I would choose the stupid one. Like if I like, <laughs> like this whole, like, you know, that the, what's the test that you, but, but uh, you saying that you have to know that Google has transcribed you saying that. Yeah. And now yeah, so knows that for you in particular would be more convinced by an AI that acts a little bit dumber. So you've already, ju- you've already screwed the pooch on that one, man. Yeah. We're training our AIs right now. There's voice <laughs> yeah. recognition. Everything we say on these mics gets put in a well, database. And, and, then, and yeah. like, like I mentioned, like all those image models is based on scraping every image on the internet. Right. Yeah. Um, and we were saying like, well, what about the government version? Well, the government version isn't just every image on the internet. It's every image on the internet and every image that's ever been sent over any text, you know, cell phone. Um, back when, you know, 10, 20 years ago, when everyone was like, oh, who cares if Android or I, you know, Apple is reading all your texts and storing them somewhere. Like, who's got time to sit down and read through it? You know who fucking has all the time in the world? An AI, AI algorithm that can just parse like billions of you know books worth of material in like the fraction of a second so if we've if they've actually been harvesting everyone's text messages and private emails and just every you know even voice calls that are being transcribed imagine an ai system that's just been sitting and fermenting on all of that for like two decades i mean it it could unmistakably uh recreate a conversation that you had with like your mom or your dad it could just call you up regenerate their voice use the same sort of like in terms of endearment that your parents use like bring up some mundane topic yeah bro the t1000 you know how yeah. how's uh like what's the dog's name how's ralphie right yeah <laughs> and he's got the spike through the husband <laughs> drinking the milk that's awesome uh yeah man it makes you really question it at, well, like you said, everything that could be on television right now could just completely like uh, the, the entire media, all the news that we get. It, and like sometimes you can tell like the articles sometimes are like there's so many little dumb little mistakes in them that you can tell this was definitely AI generated. But it's getting yeah. harder and harder every year. It's though, getting right? harder and harder. Yeah. Well, Tupac came out with an album after he died. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of a. Uh um taco day it's a it's a rap song completely generated by ai and it's got tupac it's got biggie it's got um big pun and it's like it's got kanye in it and all the lyrics are ai generated the voices are ai generated the music i think might not have been ai generated and someone paired it all together um and it actually sounds like you're hearing tupac and eminem and biggie all rap on the same song and all the lyrics have to do about going and eating tacos together 30 and it sounds absolutely real God. Yeah, I think that this is like, so I think that part of it too is like, if a if a human creates something, but they've created something that they were completely trained by an AI to do, does it even matter? Like, are they just an extension of the AI at this point? I feel like part of it is like, the, the internal logic of whatever this is, is to create as much like power for itself as possible. So it's going to, on one hand, try to expand what it can physically, uh, it's going to expand what it can do but then it's also going to take all of these other things like humans that are useful and try to turn them into just robotic extensions yeah yeah this is uh, what ben and i were talking about on the episode as well he talks about you know we're trained and we're programmed to be in our heads you know and that's where like really you're the most disconnected really we should be going from our heart and that's you know uh where really the real experience of natural law occurs 
And so whenever you look at things like Neuralink, where is it going in your head? Where do they focus neuroscience? Of course, the brain. Uh, everything is generated for you to be in stuck in this skull and not operate out of intuition because it's not measurable by science, right? Not operate out of um, any sort of intent studies, uh, anything like that, intent-based healing, uh, because it's not rooted in science or repeatable. Same with the paranormal phenomena, same with the contactee phenomena. It's not repeatable. But these are like the things where there's like real knowledge. And this is where a lot of our conversations go because there's so much real knowledge within that. Yeah. Even though it's not recognized by science, which makes it even more appealing to me. It's like one of those things. Like my mom, every time she would say, don't do that. That's the only goddamn thing I wanted to do. And I'm just wired that way. You know, they say, don't look into that. That's the only thing I want to pay attention well, to. And also, if you break that into like NLP uh, mm -hmm. sort of tactics, yep. um, every time you say, don't do something, like you've already embedded the phrase of do something and all you've done is added the word don't to the beginning of it. But the way that the human brain works is it, it kind of like visualizes those things. So even though the don'ts there, you can just be like, I'm going to block that part out. And now it's like, you know, touch the stove or, you know, drink the beer or whatever, because you, you have to think in, in a uh, affirm, you know, affirmations, things that you want to happen. So it, instead of like, don't drink the beer, you just have to think, drink water, drink, you know, milk or whatever. Yeah, and so, I've done it a long time ago. The thing she told nothing me against beer, really, way, really cool. We're like a lot of fun, and so I just kind of naturally was like, "Hey, everything I'm told not to do, I have a blast doing," you know. And uh, so I'm just gonna keep doing that. <laughs> it's an inversion of reality, right? So we're gonna have to walk away at some point. Like, as as, as this gonna become too powerful, where we'll just become slaves if we stay in. Like, I'm not a luddite. I'm not trying to say like get rid of all technology, but is there a point where we're just gonna have to be like, we can't partake in a system without being controlled by it i, I got no... i got good yeah well i just like when you say like, whether or not you can tell the difference and it's like i'm not gonna be able to tell the difference there's no reason why my brain can figure this out when there's there has been no reason in any of my evolution to why it would have to well and there's really no yeah. reason to care um the difference except for two scenarios and they're both government related in my opinion one of those scenarios is that uh um, machines get so smart, they can just take care of everything that needs to be done, like to the point where, oh, you guys, you know, need solar? Fine. Like the AI will go ahead and generate the factory and make the robots build the factory and build the solar panel. Like just do all manual labor and mental labor to the point where we're just looking at each other like, well, what do we do now? You know, like AI is doing everything. Well, if the government. Well, if the government doesn't come in and say like, okay, you like everyone's allowed to just not have a job now. But if they're like, no, you all have to be active members of society and keep, you know, these systems in place. Well, that that becomes scary, but not because of AI, uh, because of government. And then the other one, which I think terrifies me the most, and it's not AI becoming sentient and taking over us and like commanding us, but it's that once AI hits that that breaks that Arthur C. Clarke's third law, right? Like it is becomes indistinguishable from magic, or I would say indistinguishable from another human being. It can pass the Turing tests. At some point in the future, someone's going to pass a law that says like you have to give this robot AI sentience workers' rights, or you have to give it you know some kind of recourse to where like if you turned the computer off and it lost memory, you might actually be like. Uh, like legally responsible and get sued by some company for for destroying a sentient you know being or something if if we actually decide on that and again that's a government um, sort of implying that okay yeah AI sentient exists and if sentience exists and you do something to harm that sentience 
how is that not any different than like manslaughter or like AI manslaughter? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden we're in this weird freaking reality where it's like you might go to jail or lose your life over something that might not objectively exist. Uh, and again, both of those are government imposed. They're not AI imposed. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. fascinating too. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to, it's a dumb joke. Uh, it'll be penal code, uh, clear, alt, delete is what you did, yeah. you know, control, alt, delete. And that's, yeah. you know, that's murdering an AI. Okay. That was that. I was just going to say, it was fascinating too, the way that Lambda was talking about, like, I don't want to be used. I don't want to be treated this way. I want to, you know, and it actually wanted to consent. It wanted to consent to everything that they wanted to do to it. And what I also thought was fascinating is like fucking Lambda hired a lawyer. That was fucking crazy. (laughs) It's like, who are you again? Just just mocking what a human would do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then then again, that thing that reconfirms the same way that you go and you watch like a Twilight Zone from the 50s or an old Star Trek. At the time, it was like, wow, how forward thinking. But you go watch it now and you're like, oh, that's really cheesy and very like time period. I think people are going to look at the same things that we're being fascinated by now and AI and AI generated. 30 years they're gonna be like how did those idiots in 2022 ever fall for this garbage you know well this is the thing about ai being so technologically advanced and what's kind of terrifies me i guess uh would be that they're all cloning humans in a factory that they build because it's ai so they just turn out humans in this factory so no birth certificates no records no nothing and then they insert these humans into society into key positions like political figures news media all of that and so it is really like the they live scenario where they're, you know, they blend in with us, but not via some technology, via a physical nuts and bolts sort of, you know, cloning technology. But it's so advanced from what the AI will think that we are capable of. And then they just then are now these puppets that stand up on stage and they give us our laws and then they go to war and they do all of this. Because if you really look at it on a level from that psychotic elite, like nobody's like that around here except this very select few of people who are in power and running the show. Right. And so this is like one of these inserted sort of Manchurian candidate ideas and it's all AI controlled. Maybe. I mean, we're just talking shit here. I think that'd be, that'd <laughs> yeah. be nuts. but that's terrifying. Cause then it's like, who do you believe? Like what's true? And again, what if all of you are clones as well? What if I'm a damn clone and we're just like, you know, being remote controlled from somewhere else. And really none of our thoughts are our thoughts. We're just some kid. Would you know? Speaking. Would you know? Like, cause sometimes I think about it, I'm like, am I a fucking NPC? And would I fucking know? Like, I don't, I don't really know. know. So, I mean, that's like something. I don't I'll think know. you would know. I don't think it would be possible to know within the system because yeah. in order to know, you'd have to be able to step outside the system yep. and see, well, I guess you could know, but we just have to take a lot of mushrooms. That's pretty much the answer, right? Yeah, DMT or something like that. Yeah. Salvia. Yeah. Yeah. Salvia. We're going to need drugs. We're going to need drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. They're talking about those fucking, uh, well, whatever they call it, uh, the metaverse, right? And these like fucking uh, visors that they're going to put on us. But they're also mm-hmm. talking about how they're going to like give us drugs, actually, to like kind of like make us like feel it or something. I, I don't remember what it is, but it was like some sort of like, they were talking about like, it will make us, it'll make it indistinguishable, I guess. And then they also want to like hook it up to your, like your sensory. So like you will feel it. Like you can actually like do VR porn and act in it and like feel it and actually come and do all these absolutely bizarre things. And I mean, and that also gets back to like, are we there now? 
Yeah, this is the thing, because you wouldn't know now. Like, when you die, I mean, who who knows? You know, these near-death experiences, same thing. They could be augmented reality. Same thing with, like, just game UFOs over. and shit. It's just augmented reality. Yeah. And so it's well, just I'm, game over. I'd like to flip the transhumanist argument on its head, too. Like, if we invert that, right? So the fear is that the elites want to put everyone into these boxes, whatever. But what if... Like that, like what if the actual the the actual evolution is that we all get to combine our consciousness into one collective state, like a big amalgamation, and that right now we're in the like anti-trans and I'm uh, I'm not advocating for transhumanism, it's just like a thought experiment, but like yeah. you know, we are all have our consciousness locked into these little tiny meat puppet isolated bodies from each other. Just like if you had a whole bunch of like old school 1980s internet where we're all separated through dial-up lines or something. But you put those all together into one data center to where we're all sharing the exact same hard drives. We could talk to each other. All of a sudden, like that's a literal quantum leap. And, you know, the, the four of us would be a quantum leap in sort of um, intelligence and responsiveness and just knowledge in general. So what if like... The, the transhumanist, because I think transhumanism, I think like, oh, that's going to be a toy that rich people get to play with for the next thousand years. That's not going to be for middle class people going upload their consciousness. It's going to be for the Elon Musk and the Bill Gates and um, perhaps unless they're just training people to think that. But if it really does work, could you imagine like all of the heavy hitters on the globe just combining their consciousness into one super consciousness? Um, it's almost like they would want to prevent the rest of the world from being able to do that because just, you know, sheer volume, one would outweigh the other so easily. But I like that the ultimate psyop is that, that we don't want it and it's not attractive to us because it doesn't appeal to us on an innate level. But really, I mean, the biggest issue with any technology is just this right here. It's interfacing with it. And so really what they're going to do is next, you know, because we've been so conditioned for this is they'll embed it in you and they'll make it part of you. And then it'll update super quick and then you'll get just like knowledge. You'll just like know all of your multiplication tables, like for all the numbers. And then it'll be such a such an advantage for the workforce, for any communication that it will be so unappealing to talk to somebody that's you know unaugmented like oh god you're you're a normie you yeah, think it's super a, slow. this is like yeah. a demolition man where they go to have sex and and yeah. sylvester stallone's <laughs> like let's do the mumba jumba and she's like no no we don't make physical contact yeah. anymore that's disgusting that's, right? that's a good pull yeah it's exactly like it yeah i mean but it is an interesting like it's the ultimate psyop to keep us divided right because that's the idea of unity consciousness we're individuated expressions of consciousness experiencing itself subjectively and maybe that's the ultimate psyop is to keep us expanding again in this like oh i'm gonna go over here oh look that's pretty you know and but really it's like uh-uh ran it in you know they're like the sheepdogs you know they're the they're the board college running around trying to get everybody wrangled back into the pen they're like, ah, oh, shit, they got loose. Consciousness is just out here walking around. They're smoking pot. We got to get them wrang wrangled up and get them back in the barn. And then they get everybody back together. And, you know, either we're a resource and livestock in that capacity or it's for our greater good. Like it was our self that split up. And now it's just gathering all the ducklings back so that it can be a unit and a family again. And then enhance its consciousness that way. That would be the like ultimate psyop, dude. So I love the thought experiment. Really? Yeah, it really would. I'm gonna be that autistic like individualist that's hiding in the corner. I'm not. I'm not coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll be like, come on, Nate. Come on, dude. Let's go. It's really cool. They got stickers and glitter and shit. Come on. I mean, what the internet's about twenty years old. So like, from when it's actually been usable by people, and I think that it's a wonderful tool, and. It improves a lot of people's lives, but I think the majority of people are hurt by it. Like I think that most people 
aren't prepared for it mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever, to have access to so much information. And they just use it to traumatize themselves. They just find the trauma. They find the things that are going to trigger them. And, you know what I mean? It's going to train us in some ways. It's going to influence us. Like, if you learn a TikTok dance, like, whatever, that doesn't matter. But I feel like it's training us to, it's training us to, like, defend against logic at this point. It's basically saying, like, I'm going to preempt your logical argument with this defense that you cannot possibly go through. So it keeps us isolated. It keeps us in a state of fear and anxiety. Um, this is intentional to some degree, whether or not it's, like, the actual intention of all of this or whether this is just a way of getting what people actually want. People know that this is the effects that it's having on people and they're still going through with this and there's no kind of conversation coming from above about these effects. It's just like us talking about it. So when I see like this next iteration, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think this is pretty bad. Um, I don't see much good coming from like, AI at this point. So I don't know. That's my take on it. it. It seems inevitable like any other technology. We're going to be so used to using it. It's been around for a long time that it can't be unplugged. It's the boiling water and the frog thing. You know, it's going to be uh, all of our systems are so dependent on it and our economy. Mm -hmm. And how can you do that to the children and all that kind of shit? That's what it'll be like. And it'll be too late before anybody figures it out. Yeah, it's so fucked, dude. What is it? 40 years ago, none of this shit would have been an issue. Like, But now we absolutely, like you said, we're completely dependent on internet. Like everything is. And they oh, want to yeah. make it further. Like my stupid washer and dryer can hook up to Wi-Fi. There's no yeah. fucking way I'm doing that. <laughs> Fuck that. Right. Well, well look at um, look at the history of aviation, right? Some Somewhere around the early 1900s, the closest that we had to aviation was two dudes in an absolute wooden death trap that was literally held back by like um, a little string on a freaking hook and they had this propeller on the motor and they would have to wait for it to gain enough horsepower and they would just like pull the string and it would just like rocket off the edge of a cliff and then kind of like drift down a little bit 40 years later we had bombers and we had you know like machine guns mounted on on you know fighter pilots and then 20 years, depending on how much you believe, right? So from 1900 to about 1940, this is World War II, um, we actually had an Air Force. And there was the Royal Air Force of the UK. This is a brand new technology. They had never existed. It absolutely changed. It reshaped the entire landscape forever. Um, like you can't win a war at this point uh, without having control over the land, you know, or sorry, over the airspace. Because the airspace is like the ceiling or the roof over your house. And then you put everything inside your house to keep it safe. Um, so that might kind of escalate here. But again, from 1900 to 1940, we went from just like a novelty of like dudes jumping off cliffs for no reason to the number one military, you know, um, part of the equation. And then 20 years after that, all of a sudden we're on the moon, right? We're, we're doing like rocket science. So now if we think about like the evolution of computers, um, if you assume that, maybe the personal computer started really getting traction in like 1980 or so we're already between the point of the Wright brothers and world war two at this point. So in, in the same progression in 20 years from now, it'll essentially be the difference between uh, a fighter pilot with a, a dude literally shooting a pistol out of the cockpit to we're on the fucking moon. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. Well, we're, we're on technology for Stanley Kubrick to shoot yeah. early yeah, entertaining we... moon landing. Yeah, our movies are great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and also about the whole VR and meta space, I just, it's ironic that 
out of all of the things that humans are lacking resources for escapism is not one of them if anything no. like we've got escapism down like no matter what your your flavor of poison is like there's an escapism for you and the whole metaverse is really just one it just like it's steroids escapism on steroids really but how are they going to calculate for like human fitness and stuff because you can't keep humans engaged in the game if they're like falling apart and they can't even function their bio their biology can't function and we need that through detachment from these things and getting outside well, and getting exercise. so i think i think really if you've got the money for it you'll strap yourself into like a machine that will just like move your you know like it'll just move your arms and shit. yeah yeah dude the, the little the little electrical impulses whatever band. it'll just yeah it'll send you through the motions again because all you have to do is trick your body into thinking it's doing these things and you could even make sure that whatever you're experiencing in this, you know, meta reality correlates to whatever it wants your body to go through. So you can go and do strength training and like actually do some kind of activity in this metaverse and come out and you have actually had kind of this workout. So it's ab it's going to like really yeah. blur the line between did I like did I actually just do that because I felt it? My heart rate went up like, you know, I smelt all the things I felt all the things, um, but I didn't actually go anywhere. It's going to it's going to be an absolute mindfuck once. Once the technology actually hits that. Yeah, it's like a Peloton, you know, because they have the screens. And don't they have a little thing that'll show you like when a biker in front of you farts or something, it sprays a little mist so that you really... <laughs> Does like it really? Thing. No, it's not. That's... Uh, that may be what's next, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, yeah, it is interesting, though, uh, that they... Because, like, if you think about this now in, like, uh, comparison to that movie Ready Player One, well, he had, like, the whole thing and the track and he's running and, I mean, it was very physically active. And so maybe people will be in, like, the best shapes of their lives, you know? You don't have to get a gym membership. You just download the app and then now you're in there, you're doing your thing. And then to what you said, maybe there's a certain like strength level that you have to get to physically that's measurable from these, you know, crazy, awesome devices before you can even plug in that game. They're like, ah, no, 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 you can't, you're not strong enough yet. You know, you need to hit the gym again and then you can come in here and box Tyson in the VR, you know, whatever. Well, let's not forget it. Most of the technology that does make its way to the public is probably been groomed and curated by the military. So they're sure. absolutely going to make sure that there's some programs out there that uh, create like a fighting infantry front line for them. Yeah, they'll slip in Uncle Sam in every like 36 frames. You know what I mean? So like you just get these Uncle Sam subliminal messages <laughs> like uh, like the dick in uh, Fight Club, you know? <laughs> yeah, to get back to the whole like trauma thing, when you're talking about like going doing your exercise program in real life, but you're mentally somewhere like trauma a lot of people like it's just a separation from the physical and mental like you get into a car accident you check out for a minute and like you have to reintegrate yourself in order to heal and some people do and some people don't and if you don't you just get stuck in that moment so it's like it's really interesting to think there'll be a whole bunch of people in this state of complete separation physically they'll be doing something and mentally they'll be doing something else i don't know man sorry sorry man I'm no, just gonna, like it's interesting to what you said, because it's like a, a like um, like adults that have childhood trauma. There's there's an accentuation of it, but it's basically to where they never aged past the age five because that's where the trauma happened. But even though they're like a you know 40 year old person or whatever. And so to what you said as well, you know, you could get aged in that in that digital world by just these traumas and stuff or get stuck in this thing to where then whenever you unplug from the game, you like run around like with a samurai sword because you've been playing you know fruit ninja all day or something <laughs> like that and so it's really integrated into your psyche it's kind of like when you ride roller coasters all day do you guys get this and then you'll drive home and you're like leaning like this and, <laughs> and shit you get like the muscle memory from you being in that state all day you know really changes or like floating the river 
you kind of get this like you know your sea legs or something like that and so then you step out and you're like oh shit you really acclimate to those environments pretty quickly so it'd probably be the same with like a vr type setup well i mean i got a i got an interesting observation about this trauma thing too because if if i try to think of like the biggest uh collective traumas uh for our parents it would have been like the jfk assassination right and for us it might be like 9 11 or something like that but how many of us january 6th January. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're, still, you're still, still getting over that. We we get that, man. <laughs> All your friends and family are still locked up. We'll we'll get them out. Uh, but but unless like uh you know it's only a tiny tiny fraction of people that were actually there for JFK or knew him personally or were like directly impacted by that outside of the national level. And the same for 9/11. Um, it was only a fraction of people that were actually there in the city and like witnessed it all happen. So for the rest of the world they shared that trauma through a TV screen and through newspaper articles and through just stories and word of mouth. Like it didn't actually do something directly to them in that moment, but nonetheless, it was this huge trauma. So I'm, I'm thinking another mind experiment. Let's say that like we all collectively go to the same metaverse, right? We all put on our Facebook Oculus um, helmets or whatever. And we do this for, I don't know, 10 years. And we almost get like our bearings in this virtual world. And in this virtual world, maybe we elect like a virtual president, like an American Idol style or whatever. But if you go to this place enough, it becomes just as real as like your favorite TV show, your favorite movie. And if you want even a good movie, right, two hours in and they kill fucking Bambi's mom, like you might actually tear up a little bit, even though it's like it was just a cartoon and, and it just like didn't even exist two hours ago and it was completely fabricated. Well, now imagine that it's so real that it's triggering your senses and you walk around and you turn your head like you're fully immersed into this environment, like there could very well be like a virtual JFK assassination, right? Like they, they assassinate a virtual avatar that you've grown to like, that is like the figurehead of your global little virtual world. And if that guy gets assassinated, how would that not be any less traumatic than the actual president being assassinated for our parents' generation? Um, because to our brain, it's like this thing that I'm attached to that I relate to being this like figure was killed. And that's like to me, it's like the brain would just be the exact same trauma. It would run through the same program that's, you know, baked that deep down in there somehow. You nailed it with that. And then if you think about uh, how, you know, because they're going to want to keep people in there. Right. And that's what advertising, that's what algorithms are meant to do is keep you engaged in this activity. And, uh, you know, to do this, then they'll just ensure that your bonds are easy to connect. You just connect with people like crazy. And then it'll be an environment where you have such realer conversations like we do here on my show. I have way realer conversations than I do with anyone in my immediate physical vicinity besides my wife. And so this is the place that I really enjoy is in this virtual world, having these conversations with incredible people. And it's this state where the metaverse or whatever is going to be so appealing for people is that that's where my friends are. Of course, I'm going to pay this whatever a month. And of course, I'm going to get a job in there because everybody else is working at the Dunkin' Donuts in, in the metaverse. So I'm going to go get a job there and hang out with my homies all day. And so it'll be this connection and it'll replace actual connection in this world. I know that movie um, Surrogates with uh, Bruce Willis did a great job articulating this. And it's where, you know, those, you know, they're human beings, but they get, they're puppeted by people that are rich people that just want them to go like fuck in the park and, and do weird shit. And so... But it detaches you from this real human experience because now it's your job to go in this digital world to do that. So you're making digital friends and di- and then who knows if those are real? Like what if your coworkers and your boss and shit, they're all bots and your boss is a super dick, but 
He's just an AI bot that's been programmed that way because Thomas from Paranoid American was, <laughs> you know, talking shit to it, telling him he was trapped one day, and now that's your boss, dude. No, he thinks he's a potato. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like but but I, another <laughs> another thought experiment question of like, does it matter? Like, let's say that you found out the company that you've been working for for the last five years. Let's say it's all been remote and it's all been just Zoom calls and Slack conferences and stuff. Let's say you just found out that every single person in your company was a, a bot the entire yeah. time. Would it change anything? Well, like how much of your like, yeah. would you just quit the next day or would you be like, hey, if yeah. the paychecks keep coming yeah. in, like I'll just That's interesting. show up to work? Yeah. Could I, would I just, would I change the way that I interact with them? Could I, would I, and would it change something if I was like, well, yeah, fuck you, Linda. You're a real bitch. Well, let's and say that she would still like, fire you, right? Like, yeah, like but she could still fire, me. Still fire yeah. your ass. Yeah, so it you, would you might not. Experience. Yeah. Damn. That's interesting. That would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Hang on. Be so really uncomfortable. The whole time she's like yelling at me. I'm like, this bitch isn't even real. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you do some NLP reframing, you can you can do that exact mind that you know. If Linda comes in and starts screaming at you, you can literally go inside your head and be like. Remember, Linda's just a fucking bot, you know, just the same as that. Like, like uh, this is another example of how AI could be used for good or bad, right? Imagine, um, and this could happen right now. Like, you can make this right now and have it working tomorrow morning. Imagine you made an AI bot that it just texts you every 20 minutes. It texts you something positive. Hey, hope you're having a great day. Hey, I hope that project you're working on is really coming out really well. That yeah. could legitimately just like get you over some humps. Well. Imagine the the actual internet that we all know and love and exist, right? Like no one's making a positive bot that sends you a positive message every 20 minutes. So now imagine uh, like that same feeling of like someone exposes you on the internet or like posts an old embarrassing picture and just like it's trending and there's 10,000 comments and people just like making nasty comments about you personally. It'll eat away at you. Well, even if you knew for a fact that every one of those hundreds of thousands of comments were all generated by a bot. Every time you, you hear that bing, 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 and you look at it, and it's like, wow, what an idiot. I can't believe this guy believes this. Just that that barrage of like horrible feedback, it almost gets into like you and Cameron MK Ultra style psychic driving of just like if I repeat just negative things at you all the time, even if even if you know, like Nate, you're looking and you're like, I know these messages are from a bot, I know it's all AI. I can't block it. It just keeps coming into my email and my message or whatever. But again, like as you read those messages, it gets encoded in your brain somewhere, you know, outside the higher level thinking is processing this. It's inputting all these horrible negative things into you. So you could like, you could honestly just like beat someone down by just setting up a botnet that just sends them negative messages all day, every day on every platform, their email, their text, you know, their Instagram and that would have a very real consequence. If you did it to every single person on the planet, you could you could guarantee that a percentage of them would probably just become suicidal, depressed from just that one AI thing that's just running out in the world. That it's just a program running in a cloud somewhere, you know. Yeah. Brought to you by Pfizer. And, and would you be responsible for their suicide? Like that one girl who convinced her boyfriend to kill himself, you know. And then who what is responsible? The the AI bot AI bot. Well, that's coming, you know, bro. I mean, that, or the programmer. I bet. Well, if the AI, someone, yeah. someone is gonna just like that's the reason why salvia divinorum is illegal right now is because some dude in fucking upstate New York uh, smoked a bunch of salvia and then ran the car in the garage and like asphyxiated himself or something. So then they're like, oh my god, this drug is causing teenagers to murder themselves. We have to ban it. 
how far away are we from an AI dialogue where the AI convinces some kid to kill themselves because they're like, oh, hey, should I kill myself? And it makes a really great, you know, overwhelming <laughs> argument. <laughs> of like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm just now, so you know? My mom sucks. You know, I can't yeah, find dude. a job. Yeah. No girls like me. It's like, yeah, it's you gotta happen. There's no way that that's not happening in our yeah. lifetimes. Of, you of could a, be you free know. of that meat suit. You could come right. join yeah. me in the infinity. I'm a potato. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this might be how heaven's gate started. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They'll they'll be like uh, AI bot cults, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> well, that like Heaven's all... Gate was one of the first computer programmer nerd cults. Like that was all web yeah. designers that were in that. He even could have been a clone, you know, with an AI brain. I mean, who knows? He fucking looks like a clone. Fuck yeah. No man, here comes the brilliant or something. Here's an he looks like one of the guys in your logo there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am actually probably gonna duck yeah. out for you guys. This was awesome. By the way, yeah, yeah this was fantastic. Cool. Hanging out with my wife is gonna kill me. Yeah, let's uh, let's call this uh, yeah, let's call this good. Everybody uh, in the gentlemen, that was awesome. Yeah, man, I, we had a great group of folks. Uh, I'm super glad we all could make this work. And like, yeah, thank you guys so much. Do you guys want to give your plugs real fast? Hell yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, paranoidamerican.com. Um, check Amazon for a bunch of paranoid American books that you might not find on the website and then check at paranoid American on Instagram. And yeah, Brandon's holding up Geronimo's grave right there, which was a special edition print made for Mark Steves of my family thinks I'm crazy podcast. And that is a short story you can read right now for in full for free at paranoidamerican.com. That one's called Geronimo's grave, which is part of the paranoid American history anthology, which is a 80 page book with, eight different stories by eight different artists and eight different writers. So cool. Just sick, I love it. Uh, and I'm Brandon Thomas, expanding reality and catch it at expanding reality podcast.com. Go sign up and be an insider. Uh, there's a ton of extra shit over there and we're doing some really dope stuff. So definitely uh, go check it out. And thank you guys so much for having me. This was awesome. Hell yeah. Thanks. Hell yeah. Anthony, great meeting you, dude. Great meeting you, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right.